4: Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Yes,
3: yes, yes.
4: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, Oh, yeah. You're listening
5: to Tony Bruno, unfiltered, uncensored, unintelligible. (laughs) I know him. I know him. Here is Tony Bruno. The Philadelphia Eagles are
2: super Bowl.
5: Ah, yes, indeed, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. What up? It is a manic Monday, a football Monday where here in Philadelphia, of course, in the wine cellar with Miss Robin, there's still life. It's still alive. The Eagles are still alive. The Cowboys are still alive. And Doug Peterson is saying things that people are scratching their heads over. But we got a lot to talk about. Hello there. Welcome back. Well, you've been there. We've been the ones moving around. This is our first doubleheader. Now, we've done a couple shows here and there. We've done the football shows. But after the third consecutive surgery, I decided this time I was not going to bust my ass because the (laughs) doctor's been busting it for me in the operating room. So this time I actually listened to the doctor and I said, I'm going to take it easy. So I spent a couple of days in bed. Then I got up and did a couple of football shows and tried to get stuff done at a slower pace, Robin. Sort of like being in a retirement community, except we still had work to do and couldn't just sit around all a day retirement watching. Retirement community? Yeah, you know, because people who live in retirement communities, from what I've seen, they don't really have to do anything every day. They just get up, they go down, they have breakfast, they sit around, they watch TV, they watch the impeachment hearings, they watch like whatever's that. on. Uh, but, see, I, I can't live that kind of do-nothing lifestyle yet. I'm not quite that bad.
3: You wouldn't like uh, tooling around in a little golf cart and, you know, going down to the club? Not yet,
5: and... no. Maybe eventually. Because, you know, listen, I'm not knocking seniors. I'm I'm technically a senior now. But <laughs> <Well>, you don't <laughs> but... act like one. <clears throat> no, because I can't just sit around. I can't sit around because of the pain, which is getting better each day. And thanks, everybody, for the – By the way, I want everybody to know that while I've been giving updates on my health there's nothing serious. It's not a cancer scare. So those kinds of things. I don't want people to think that, oh, my God, I'm dying. I mean, I don't know how long I'm going to be around. None of us do. But none of this stuff that luckily that we've been going through, I've been going through with my health, is life-threatening. So that's that's the first thing. You know, it's just an annoyance. People have things that happen to them, and they go and they get it taken care of, and they heal and get better. Yeah. And so my situation isn't one of those, oh, my God, Tony's dying in a hospital room. I was never in fear of dying i was in fear of being in a constant state of being out of it thanks to all the uh the anesthesia pumped into my hey,
3: face dinner is you. full thank you why thank you aj san antonio
5: <laughs> <laughs> so welcome everybody so we're back now we're getting into the holiday season a couple of days away from thanksgiving and we had a lot of stuff to cover robin a lot of stuff today most of it football of course because as I've been trying to tell my friends, I will dabble and watch an NBA game it's here, or here there. Thanksgiving, Whoops. and we ha- hello.
3: Sorry, I'm just. I have to turn down these other mics that are.
5: Uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've been down here doing this. I know. Do we have an actual tote board on the last time we did a wine cellar basement show? Mm-hmm. It's been a couple of weeks now. Last week, I don't think we did any during the day here, right? Did we do any? I don't think so. No, we did not. But then we did the Monday night show and then the Thursday night shows and then the Sunday show. And then today we're going to do this show and then go to Glassboro, New Jersey at Landmark Americana and do the Mr. Monday night show where we do it every Monday night during the football season. And it's starting to dwindle down. There aren't that many games left, five games left in the season. After tonight's Monday night game ends, we will be through 12 weeks of the NFL season. And obviously for some teams, you know what today is also, Robin? it's November 25th. You know what that means? November 25th.
3: Uh, I do not know the significance of November 25th. Are you serious right now, Robin? I apologize.
5: Do I have to Is start this, some this his- show?
3: Is this a historical thing that I'm unaware of that I should know and that I deserve a bump-bump-de-bump for? Damn it.
5: Robin, November 25th. In exactly one month from today, it will be What? Christmas. December twenty fifth.
3: Oh, okay. Well I'm thinking Hello? If, I'm thinking you're you're talking about some, you know, no. existential what, thing that only you know, everybody you know always worries
5: about shopping days till Christmas. Everybody's been screaming about how do they have the decorations and all the stuff out, the sales, Black Friday's coming up, even though Black Friday isn't Black Friday anymore because oh, everybody's got yeah. Black Friday sales early and you can just go online and order this stuff, whatever you want to do. People complain, but now all of a sudden, people will start complaining that there's not enough time with four weeks left before Christmas, right? That's how it works in this world. Yes. There's always something we need to complain about, and now it's going to be, damn, we're a month away from Christmas, Robin. What are we going to do? You know when I start thinking about Christmas, Robin? yeah. I start thinking about it on, like, December uh, 23rd when I say, oh, my God, we're two days away from... (laughs) (laughs) Not when I start thinking about it, when I start acting on it.
3: Yes. No, Tony does. He waits until the absolutely last possible moment. He is the one that is frantically shopping... That's
5: not true. Not anymore. I don't do that. ...Christmassy... I just don't buy anything anymore. I just say, ah, screw it. It's Christmas. It's been a rough year. Is really anything you need. Is there anything anybody really, really needs? Now, Christmas is about getting somebody something that they want or need.
3: If I could get you a new ass, I would.
5: Well, you know, it's just check with the Kardashians. They're still available. Mostly it's for women who want to have big butts. I just want to have a healthy butt. I don't care if it's big. I don't want to. (laughs) Anyway, let's get down to the business, Robin. We got football. And as the great LeBron James would say, when he's not getting ripped on podcasts, by former Phil- uh, Villanova greats uh, and former Laker greats sitting around on podcasts saying how it sucked to be in L.A. with the Lakers and how it sucked to be overseas playing in uh, in a league where nobody cares and nobody. Lonzo Ball went over. I don't remember where the hell he went, but he didn't like it. Then these guys get on a podcast and rip the Lakers j- joking around and then have to apologize I'm and have it stupid. edited. Then they had to edit out Josh Hart, the former Villanova great grade, who was Laker player, Mm -hmm. you know, he was traded to for the Anthony Davis trade, traded to New Orleans. So they're sitting around – if you're sitting around doing a podcast, let me just give you a little tip as someone who's done this for a long time. If you leave a team like the Lakers and you get traded and you and Lonzo Ball get traded to New Orleans and New Orleans is still a disaster because their best player, their number one overall draft pick can't play because he's hurt. And then you said, let's sit around and do a podcast – We talk about things and rip things we don't like. Now, I can do that every day because I don't work for the Lakers. I don't work for anybody except myself and Miss Robin. And so the bottom line is, if you're going to rip other people and say, you know, hey, things were bad, and boy, nobody wants to be there. And Josh Hart was probably kidding about nobody wants to be in L.A. He didn't mean the city. He meant the Lakers because there was a lot of drama last year. And now the Lakers have the best record in the NBA. And I just want to get this NBA note out of my uh, system. Then don't talk about things and then say, Oh, we better edit this so nobody on social media or nobody gets word of this. Why would you tape a podcast and then not realize and then oh, let it out there without yeah. editing? Or why would you even edit it? Why are you afraid? So maybe Why are they, you afraid? Maybe
3: they went live and then afterwards said, Ooh crap, we need to edit out, but it had already gone live. No, so- no, I
5: think they already they had the full version already done. Okay. And then they went back, listened to it, and said, "Let's edit it out and take some stuff out." I get that. Then don't put it. Then somebody got a hold of the unedited tape and sent it out there. And then you have to explain. Well, uh, then you have to apologize to the Lakers, like Josh Hart had to do, and say, "Well, I, you know, I was just having fun." Then don't say stuff like that. If you if you want to have fun, see the difference between me. And all these other people who don't know what they're doing, but they they think it's cool because they have a podcast. And then when they rip somebody, they got to apologize for ripping somebody and say, that's not what I really meant. Then put it out unedited and then deal with the consequences. I mean, we all know, Tony, it's not your
3: style to rip. But when you do, you mean it.
5: Exactly. And it's good. When I criticize or make comments, it's not that I'm trying to bury somebody or call somebody names. You know, you have opinions and you give them. That's what this show is about. We're not journalists here. Mm-hmm. We give opinions. And so if players don't have the balls to give opinions on a podcast, then don't have a podcast. If you don't like the the uh, the ramifications of what you say on a podcast. What's the podcast for? Your friends in, the, in your neighborhood? If you're doing a podcast and you're a baller, people are going to hear it, right? Because there's 50 million podcasts. And if you're a player and you got a podcast and you're talking about players, then don't talk about players. That's all I'm saying. Jesus. So anyway. As LeBron James once said, about damn time. It is. And that's what Dean said earlier as we are back. A lot of football. Of course, short week. We got Thanksgiving Day games coming up on Thanksgiving Day, which would be Thursday, the triple header. Got a Monday night game tonight, Baltimore and the Rams. Mr. Monday Night will release a pick on this one. Don't you worry about it. I said Seattle yesterday. I gave Seattle out on the website, and I didn't change the pick, even though a lot of people were jumping. Even Dean and all these experts were jumping on late. Oh, I, I, the Eagles are going to win this game. The line's moving. You know, If this guy gets to three, Seattle favored by three. That's all. I'm all over the Eagles. And you know me. People accuse me of being a homer. But I saw this as a game that the Eagles were not ready to win. Just like the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, I mean, luckily for the Eagles, as they shit the bed yesterday against the Seahawks, the Cowboys had to go out and prove something too, which is, yeah, they're good. They're the best team in the NFC East. But are they good enough to go on the road and play good teams? And the Cowboys and the Eagles have both proven that while they may think they're good, and the Cowboys definitely man for man. See, the Cowboys really don't have any excuses right now because they've got all their main players healthy. Their offensive line is healthy. Their wide receivers are healthy. Their quarterback, their running back. They got a couple of players. Nick Van Van Der Esch didn't play. But the Cowboys have been man for man one of the most talented teams in football. The Eagles, meanwhile, who started out the season shitting the bed against two teams, the Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions, which really set them back to start the season. That hurt them, and then they can't win more than two in a row. They win two in a row and then lose two in a row. Then they win two in a row. So they've been an uneven team. These are not excuses. These are reasons earlier in the season their defense was decimated and their defense couldn't make stops and they would lose games. Right Now their offense, now their defense is healthy and playing well again and their offense is decimated. And I've been saying this forever in like 30 years, the most important thing to look at in a football program is the offensive line. And you saw it last night in that Green Bay game. Brian Balaga, early in the game in San Francisco, goes out of the game injured. The guy they put in to replace him, light had his lights turned off. And from that moment on, when Brian Balaga went out of the game for the Green Bay Packers, that football game was over. Because if you don't have a replacement on the offensive line at one of the top positions, which is the tackles, you're done. And Aaron Rodgers, oh, by the way, who's one of the most mobile, who holds onto the ball longer than anybody other than Russell Wilson, was not able to make plays against a ferocious defense because they couldn't protect him. And again, I'm not making excuses for Carson Wentz. He was awful yesterday. He was absolutely awful. No excuses. Yeah, this is the first time that you, you – object- No, I've said he's played poor games. Yes, but the but problem you, in Philadelphia and- is every game Carson Wentz plays, he's awful, even when they win. So there's right. this anti-Carson Wentz. I'm not a Carson Wentz lapdog. I call things as I see him. The other problem yesterday, they knew – they thought they were going to have some of their weapons back. They thought Alshon Jeffrey was going to be back. And then they thought uh, Nelson Aguilar was going to be back. They even said they were probable, And then they don't show up at the beginning. They weren't ready to play. And so a guy, we talked about this yesterday on the pregame show over at Toll Man Joe's. We said, the Eagles bring up Greg Ward. Greg Ward, a former quarterback at the University of Houston, who's been around here for like three years right. on the practice squad. Yeah. That means he practices with the team. That means all of a sudden, because they're absolutely bereft of any kind of legitimate wide receivers to throw out there, they just say, hey, let's bring Greg Ward up from the practice squad, and throw him out there as a receiver and see what he's got. Now remember, this guy's not practicing with the first-team offense. In fact, he was pretending to be Russell Wilson against the Eagles' defense last week to simulate what it might be like playing Russell Wilson. So Ward does his job in practice, yet the Eagles, in their infinite wisdom in the front office, don't realize that this guy maybe is better than some of the guys we're throwing out there at the wide receiver position. And I said, I expect to see him a couple of plays. You know, all of us on the show yesterday, Luigi, John McMullen, Colin Thompson, all breaking the game down said, Greg Ward will be involved in the game. Did we think that Greg Ward would be out there for six catches and 60 yards of offense? Again, not earth-shattering stuff, but that Carson was throwing the ball to him when he could actually make a throw. And the guy was catching them, and he was catching them and making plays. And so it takes you 12 weeks into a season when your offense's biggest problem has been the inability of wide receivers to get separation or make catches, and then you throw on you throw Greg Ward out there and didn't realize that this guy could catch the football or make plays for you. This is where it starts, ladies and gentlemen, in any organization. Everybody gave Howie Roseman and this organization and the coaching staff credit when they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But now you're seeing the results of not being able to make the adjustments necessary and to bring in the players necessary to maintain. Listen, the Patriots are, are in a world of their own. No team has been able to just keep it going by replacing parts around Tom Brady. It doesn't matter who the Patriots bring in. It doesn't matter who the running back is. It doesn't matter who the defensive line is or the, the corners. Anybody They know how to bring in players that will fit what they do not bring in players who don't fit what they do and then try to get them to fit what they do. That's why the Patriots are the best, even though their offense right now is bad. I mean average at best offense. And now the the, the Patriots' defense, as you saw last night, carried them. So the bottom line is, if your offensive line is banged up, you saw it with the Cowboys earlier in the year. You're not the same team. You saw it with the Green Bay Packers last night, and you're seeing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Because we said last week when Andre Dillard, the rookie left tackle in training to replace the left tackle position they asked him to play right tackle because of the injury and the concussion of lane johnson so lane johnson we knew he couldn't play again so they had andre dillard a guy who never played right tackle any point in his life go out and say to a reporter we had the tape we played it hey you know uh, you right-handed and the guy would say, Are you left handed? Yeah, you go try to write with your right hand. Same thing. So he basically acknowledged that playing right tackle was not going to be easy for him. Yet the Eagles, in their infinite wisdom, put him out there at right tackle and he struggled mightily. Then they had to make a change. They had to bring in Greg Pryor over and play right guard because Brandon Brooks, their Pro Bowl right guard, left the game because he had an anxiety attack. And he's a guy who's had anxiety issues. He went through anxiety. Then he had the major surgery. So now the Eagles are out there with no starting Pro Bowl right guard or Pro Bowl right tackle. And the guy that they put out there to replace the Pro Bowl right tackle, Andre Dillard, the rookie, couldn't get it done. And so they had to shift around and then put by tie at right tackle, and then put Greg Pryor, a guy who hadn't played a down all year, and put him at right guard. And you know what? They played a little bit better. Those are the adjustments you have to make. And so the Eagles are, once again, ill-prepared. Carson Wentz looked terrible. He hurt his hand. They x-rated, he, they x-rated its bruise. He's going to play against Miami. And so this is a combination of problems on this team, which has made this offense right now, as it's constructed, the most ineffective, inept offense in the entire NFL. I tweeted that out yesterday. You tell me another team that has less talent on the active roster right now. I'm not talking about – because I'm taking – take all shot off the field. Take Aguilar, who's one of their leading receivers, believe it or not. You take those two guys off the field, and then you throw out what you have left, and you think that that's going to win? And they still, by the way, for the second week in a row after the New England game, still could have won that game against Seattle. And Doug Peterson made one comment today that he's getting absolutely destroyed on Twitter for. This is what he said this morning at his get-together with the media. Quote, if you remove the turnovers from the game, the Eagles' offensive performance wasn't as bad as it appears. And so people are saying, well, if my aunt had a uh, cock, she'd be my uncle, you know, the typical things. If the Titanic didn't sink, you know, where there wouldn't be a bad Leonardo DiCaprio movie to make. <laughs> so there's all these, you know. But here's what he said. It was part of a, a, an entire paragraph about how bad the Eagles offense is uh-huh. and he says if you remove the turnovers the offensive performance wasn't as bad as it appears it's sort of like in the rearview mirror objects are yeah, farther yeah, than yeah, they yeah, look Yeah, but, and I broke it down I went back and I did research this morning because I did a lot of research last night you always watching do. it you know what Doug Peterson's actually not that far off and again this isn't again being a apologist for Carson Wentz he made some terrible throws but you know who else made some terrible throws the MVP apparent of the league, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, you know, made the plays he had to, but he left a couple of he left touchdowns on yeah, the board. He did. I mean, he had a wide open guy in the end zone, and he overthrew him. So yeah. I'm not saying that Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz are both equally Actually, bad.
3: He he could have run in himself for a touchdown. No, Russell Wilson. I, I don't like. What the heck was and he? I thinking? love
5: Russell Wilson. I think he played himself out of the MVP role for this week. Again, does it matter? Right now, we got 12 weeks. We got five weeks to go. But Russell Wilson could have buried the Eagles yesterday if he had played better. Now it was windy; both teams had to play in it. I'm not saying Russell Wilson isn't as good; is not better than Carson Wentz. Of course he is. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But Wilson had some struggles yesterday. But let me go back and tell you why Doug Peterson is actually not that far off when he said, "You remove the turnovers." Now bear with me because I got it broken down. Eagles start off the game in the first quarter on their first possession, get a field goal. They're up 3-0, right? Okay. Nine plays, field goal, 3-0 Eagles. Seahawks get the ball on their first possession. They go 75 yards on four plays and a 33-yard touchdown pass. Boom. 7-3 Seahawks. So those were after the first two possessions. Each team got a possession, punted the football away. Eagles on their second possession got a field goal. And then Seattle gets a field goal. A touchdown, and it's 7-3. Next series for the Eagles. Five plays, fumble the football away. Seattle gets the ball. Did nothing with it. They had to punt. All right, so that's Carson Wentz fumble number one. No points as a result. Then the Eagles throw an interception after going eight plays from the one-yard line out to the 41 interception. What happens? Seattle gets the ball back. Now, this is all still in the first quarter. Seattle gets the ball back. 11 plays, 77 yards later, they kick a field goal to make it 10-3. to three. So, after one quarter, the start of the second quarter, the Eagles had a fumble and an interception, and the Seattle Seahawks only had three points as a result. Not only did they only have three points as a result of those two turnovers in the first quarter of the game, because there was nothing in the second quarter. In the second quarter, nobody scored. Four total punts by both teams. Eagles had, they ha- and the Eagles had bad field position all day, by the way. Eagles had the ball at the 25, and two yards gained, punt. Seattle got the ball at the 42, great field position, punt. Eagles get the ball at the 15, terrible field position, three and out, punt. Seattle gets the ball again at the 43-yard line. Great field position, five plays, 19 yards, punt. Eagles get the ball at their own 13 again. Horrific field position, eight yards on three plays, and the half ends. So now at the end of the half, it is to 10-3 Seattle. Again, two turnovers by the Eagles, and the Seahawks get their own legitimate touchdown on a 33-yard touchdown pass on a 75-yard drive and a field goal after an interception where they went 11 plays in 77 yards and resulted in kicking a field goal. So it's that's the first half. It's third quarter now. Eagles at their own 15. Well, Seattle punts. To get, they got the ball at the start of the second half. Seattle punts. Eagles get it at the 15. They go 11 plays. They're moving the ball. Boom. Fumble. Seattle gets the ball at the 32 of the Eagles' 32. Three plays interception so the Eagles fumble the ball away for the second time Seahawks get it move downfield and then throw an interception so those wipe wipe each other out then the Eagles punt five plays 21 yards started at the 33 punt the ball Seattle 12 plays on the next drive starting at their own 12 seven plays 93 yards and the backbreaker was the 58 yard touchdown run right up the middle by Rashad Penny 17-3 ball game over. Now during all of this I'm tweeting out that never have I seen a game where a or th- 7 point deficit. Remember Eagles are down 10 to 3 where a okay. 7 point deficit felt like an insurmountable lead. That's how inept the Eagles offense was. And you know most teams your team's down by three by a touchdown and you hey. got an entire second half to go. You're thinking hey you know what all they need is one drive. Just, and, and this is any team, no matter how good your team is or bad your team is. Your team stays in the game despite turning a ball over as many times as the Eagles and Carson Wentz did yesterday. You're thinking, hey, they're still only down seven points. Yet there was nobody on the face of the earth who had any kind of confidence in thinking that the Eagles somehow were going to tie the game up at seven and find a way to pull a come-from-behind victory.
3: Now, Clarky Bob just says, I'm not sure which was – Duller the game or this recap no, of the, the game? No, the recap is important because
5: <laughs> I'm guaranteed if you go listen to the Talking Heads on radio and TV, they're all saying the big story is Doug Peterson had the balls to say if you remove the turnovers, the offensive performance wasn't as bad as it appears. I'm giving you documentation that he's right, and I'm not a Doug Peterson apologist by the way. No, you're not. I'm an actual realist. I'm trying to point out to you that despite the fact that the Eagles turned the ball over five times. They did not allow themselves to get buried because Russell Wilson and that great Seattle Seahawks team, best road team in football. I mean, I, I said that as part of my reason. They go on the road. They used to always play poorly on the road and win bet they would win yeah, all their games at home in Seattle. That and now they're dominant on the road. So yeah. God bless them. I'm not taking anything away from the Seahawks. They came in here and won a game that the Eagles shoulda, coulda, woulda won, just like the Patriots came in here and the Eagles should have won that game if they had any kind of competent offensive game plan. So the bottom line is this, then the Eagles score a garbage touchdown at the end of the game, eight plays, 80-yard drive, Zach Ertz touchdown, 17-9, they lose. But in that fourth quarter, Eagles fumble, Seattle fumbles back. Eagles get the ball down, four plays, eight down, they they go out on downs. They got the ball to Seattle 31, and you're thinking at least they're going to do is kick a field goal. They go for it on fourth down and make it, turn it over on downs. Seattle punts. Eagles throw an interception. Seattle punts. Eagles touchdown, 17-9. So there were a lot of turnovers. You turn the ball over five times, you normally get your doors blown off, especially when you can't move the football. And so Doug Peterson's point about the turnovers did not, you know, the turnovers should have been an absolute monumental disaster. My
3: mind's telling me no. Bearcat AJ, your mind is wrong.
5: <laughs> you know the Lions. I mean, listen. There's a lot of teams that are pretenders. The, the The problem with this NFC East division, hello, the problem with this is that the Eagles looked horrible again yesterday, and you know they lose two in a row at home to good teams. They lost to New England and they lost to Seattle. Now, if you look at that schedule, you look at the schedule early in the year. Those are two games you're thinking, you know, those those teams are better. You're probably not going to win both of those. You're happy to take a split between one of those if you could beat New England or Seattle. They had a chance to beat both of them. That's my point. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they weren't, they, their offense was not capable of doing what it took to hold on to the football. Carson sloppy with it, fumbling it way too many times, not protecting the ball. But Russell Wilson, to me, did not play anywhere nearly as good as he could. Hang
3: on just a second. That was a louder one. Uh, We appreciate all of the people that are joining us with their walk-on songs. Uh, So whenever you hear something that's kind of coming out of left field, if you're a new listener and you have these sounds that are sort of just coming out of left field, and you're like, what the? Those are most likely walk-up sounds, unless Tony's playing something on a soundboard. Not
5: yet. But anyway, my bottom line is this. The fact that the Eagles fans had given up on them yesterday, a lot of fans have given up a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) So did Eric Swalwell, I believe, who's joining the show. Now, thank you for joining, Congressman. I know there's no impeachment (laughs) hearings this week, but keep yourself busy there. And, you know, if you want to pass something along to the listeners of this show, go right ahead, pal. We all do it. I do it a lot now because of my situation. I have been passing gas more than any time in my life. And I'm not even eating spicy foods or gassy foods, I have to
3: tell you, this is something, just just a little (laughs) side note about Tony. Tony, there's a lot of men especially, but now women too, but men especially who think it's funny to pass gas and they have no problem. They're not embarrassed by it. Tony is one of those guys, he's old school, he thinks it's offensive, and so he really, I, our entire relationship, I don't think I'd ever heard him pass gas. Yeah, What I would, what I would do th- is
5: I would get up out of the room if I felt like I had, <laughs> and I would leave the room and go into another room and close the door Yeah. so Robin very, wouldn't hear very, it. I mean, some polite. people burp and fart no matter yeah. what and don't think Not anything Tony. of it.
2: And
3: all of it so, – so these last couple of weeks with him going through all of this stuff, I was like, oh, my gosh, wow, you are human.
5: Yeah, but because there's nothing I can do no, about it. No. I can't get up out of a, out of a bed and run into another well, room when I can't get up out of a bed and run, period.
3: And, and you are no longer able to, like, squeeze and hold it for just a few minutes to leave. Exactly. So,
5: so anyway, that's the re- – <laughs> bottom line is this. The Eagles aren't good enough. Their offense stinks. Yet, sadly – and I have a good song to play. Because I was thinking of songs to set, set up this NFC East. Uh huh. Cowboys are a much better team, yet for some reason. I even joked today, there's no impeachment hearings this week. But I believe here in Philadelphia and in the metroplex of Dallas, Texas, that people are hoping that there is some sort of coaching staff impeachment hearings underway this week to find out what the hell's going on. Because Jerry Jones, after the Cowboys lost in New England, in another game they could have won. Jerry Jones is starting to question his coaching staff because who was it that said it? And a lot of people are saying this. If you've got the, in, if you've got the ingredients and you can't cook the meal, then maybe it's the chef's fault. Yes, that's a right? good, yes. Bill Parcells used to say that when he was running the, uh, the Giants. He says, hey, you want me to make the meal? you got to let me buy the ingredients. So he wanted, he wanted the authority, and now a lot of coaches don't want that anymore. That was back in the days when coaches were really big and powerful, and they wanted the whole control of the whole thing. They
3: wanted the whole Chip entire Kelly.
5: Guys like that, Chip Kelly, who never proved anything except in college, wanted to be the GM and the coach. Uh-huh. And nowadays, the NFL is so complex, you, there's no coach, for the most part, that wants that extra that you have to hire somebody to go out and get personnel. Let the people go out, make the decisions on who the best players are, and then let the coach coach. Obviously so the Cowboys the don't have input, it.
4: Though, no but no,
5: not in, not in Dallas. No? The, only coach, the, the only input the Cowboys well, have...
4: Let's not start sucking each other's dick. We're not yet. doing
5: that on this show. Jerry Jones allows his coaching staff to coach. But he knows that Jason Garrett, and the fans know that Jason Garrett and his assistant coaching staff and their special teams coach, which killed them yesterday. Again, the players have to play. But now for the first time in a while, unless you're a Cowboy fan where you say the same things every week, the Dallas Cowboys are underperforming based on the talent they put on the field. The Eagles are underperforming because their talent's not good when they play, especially the last couple of weeks when their offense has been inept.
3: Now, everybody, though, when, when you're talking about coaching, most people blame the head coach when it could be But the head coaches.
5: coach hires the other coaches around him. He hires the special teams coach. He doesn't hire them, but the organization hires them. But he's got to have guys around him that are all on the same page. My point is, do I think Doug Peterson's a terrible coach? No, he won a Super Bowl. But there's no doubt that the, the decision to put Andre Dillard at right tackle when he even knew he couldn't play right tackle in a stupid. game, in a big important game where if you win, you take the upper, uh, upper hand on the Cowboys yeah. who are playing later on in the day. And I said the only thing that could save the Eagles is, uh, if they lose to the Seahawks is Dallas to lose in New England. If the Cowboys had won that game up there against the Patriots, this division would be over, and the last five games wouldn't matter one single iota. That's right. the importance of the significance of it. If the Eagles beat the Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys went up there and beat the Patriots, then you say, wow, this is going to be a stretch drive that's going to be crazy in these last five games. It probably still will be. But all these people talking about, well, you know, the Eagles have easy. Look at the five-game schedule they got. Look at all these games. They all – teams all stink except for Dallas. You can't, You can't make those assumptions anymore in sports. You can't say, look at the remaining schedule. Yes, you should win against Miami. You should beat Washington and the Giants and the Giants twice. And you should probably will come down to that game in Dallas to determine who's going to win the worst division in the NFC, the NFC East. So even if the Cowboys go on and win this division, at least this we have going for us. When I say we, people who watch games, I'll watch games on Sunday, man, no matter who's playing. But the Eagles are still mathematically alive and still can somehow win this Fakakta NFC East thanks to the Dallas Cowboys and their inability with the talent they have on the field to go up and beat good teams. The stats are there. The Eagles can't beat good teams either. Don't get me wrong. Although, they did beat the Packers in Green Bay. Now, um... Now, you remember this song, Robin? Could it be a, that it's just I an don't. illusion?
3: BeerVac says, I went to the Raiders-Jets game. What a shit show.
5: Yeah, but I called that. I saw that I one know. coming a mile away. You did. The Raiders are better than the Jets. But now, the Jets have been playing better the last couple of weeks. And the Raiders are looking ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs game.
3: Now, what are your stone-cold lead pipe blocks? Uh, what's your percentage right now right now Robin. i'm sure that with all of
5: your uh i started off sets. well yesterday i was i had the seahawks and the oh, jets it's my yeah. first two picks so i mean they were both winners especially the jets yes people are going, how can you pick the jets because i knew the raiders would not be ready to play against a team looking ahead even though the jets have been playing better The Raiders have the Chiefs, and that's the first place, and that's what will come into play tonight in the Monday night game. I'm not going to release it yet. I'm just giving you a little teaser. So anyway, so I'm 2-0, and then all of a sudden, for some stupid reason, I took the Atlanta Falcons thinking, hey, they're playing better at home. Uh The Buccaneers are a shit show. That was a bad pick on my part. And then finally I had the Patriots minus six points against the Cowboys, and they were winning by seven until Jason Garrett kicks a field goal, which even Tony Romo was yelling, why don't you kick a field goal? Why don't you go for it? That's what I was saying. Unless Tony Romo bet on the Patriots laying the 6 or 7 or whatever he got, uh-huh. they're up 7. That field goal made it a four-point game. And I'm thinking, and everybody else who had the uh, Patriots last night, to cover the number to make it a 3-1 and Sunday, the Patriots really didn't need to score more points. They just needed to run out the clock, and that's what happened. So 2-2 two and two yesterday. So if you are scoring at home, congratulations! It is the uh, holiday weekend, starting Thanksgiving. You week. smell something, rabbit? Yes. Yeah. 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 It smells real good. So if you're I scoring do... at home, my Sunday record is now 30 and 21. Not horrible, but not great because I got off to a bad start on Sundays. So I'm still hitting at 58%. I'm turning
3: this off. I don't know. No, recommend... don't leave it
5: underneath, Bobbin. It's a great song. No,
3: because if I keep on leaving it, then they're going to mute it later, and then nobody will hear this. Just have Josh
5: Hart and uh, Lonzo Ball edit it out in nobody post-production. Nobody will
3: hear the, the greatness of your... They're
5: hearing it, Robin. Everybody who talks has music under them. What's the matter with you? So anyway, 14-3 and 3 on Thursday nights, 30-21 and 21 on Sundays, and Monday Night Football, 11-7. and 7. So still a winning record, 55-31 and 31 overall. That's 63%. Winning percentage, which is damn good for an amateur prognosticator. Would Everybody you call now, yourself amateur. I'm still amateur because I don't profess. I'm not a professional gambler. No. I don't even bet on these. Picks,
3: Unlike Luigi,
5: who's a degenerate.
3: Good lord! I'm never gonna. If he ever says that he is short of money, I I'm never. I'm like, well, that's just too bad for you. You just bent, spent. Don't don't th-
5: don't don't break don't break it down. He said it on the air. He said it on the air. I know it, but I don't want to re. I don't want to bring that up shouldn't talk about that stuff on the air. You know what I'm saying? No. You, I can... you want to be cocky and talk about laying big money on games. But you know when you lay big money on games? When you think you're a gambler and you know more. But I, whatever, he can do whatever he wants. Well, this I... is what I say to Luigi. Luigi, you might as well just get your things right now. Pack it
0: up in one of those boxes that they have. The, what they call the banker's box. Put the little lamp. Put your books oh, and man. get the hell Luigi, out of here. Come-
3: <laughs> exactly anyway, right.
5: Luigi, you know, he likes to bet big money. I don't. I have the bills to pay. He has bills to pay, too. Anyway, enough about that stuff. Mr. Monday Night will release the pick later on. I
3: want to say something just really, really quick about, since you're talking about big gamblers, um, there are certain people, that if they have a lot of money, then and they have it to lose, then it's Yeah, high. exactly. And one of those people who we love, uh, Charles Barkley, um, uh, we everybody knows that he he goes but he also he's very um uh he he donates money he you know we're, we're not worried about him but the reason why i'm bringing up his name is that i want to give a major shout out and love to charles barkley he and i've been going back and forth as a he had to apologize, or he apologized Yeah, for, we discussed
5: that a uh, uh, couple of shows ago. But
3: I think we discussed it on on the crossover show 97.3. We haven't discussed it on here. And as a woman who has been in the media industry and now sports media industry for the last 10-ish years, I want to say that what happened to Charles Barkley- because of something that a woman claimed he said and made a big deal out of it because of the Me Too movement Um, makes me so angry. It just really pisses me off when a woman, women are shouting for equality, equality, equality. And then all of a sudden they use the Me Too movement when somebody actually treats them like an equal and jokingly Mm -hmm. jokes around with them. And then all of a sudden they get offended and it, Pisses me off to no end. I'm like, if you can't handle it, it's different. I'm not talking about somebody groping because that's inappropriate. But when you're just talking around and you're joking, and all of a sudden you decide that something like that is offensive, yet that is something that they would normally say anyway around men, and you then are decrying that it's offensive to you, yet you wanted to be equal and you wanted to be around all that. Bullshit.
5: No, and, you're, and I'm glad you're saying because you're a woman. If I say this, well, you're just having the back right. of an athlete, a guy you know and you've known forever. No, if Charles does something wrong or anybody does something wrong, I'd be the first guy to step up and say, you know what, that's wrong. But he had to apologize. And then the good part of this story is that some people actually went back at this woman's and checked her. She yes. made the one mistake of not going back and deleting her previous tweets. <laughs> and that's the world we live yeah. in now. Her oh, you a- made a tweet 10 years ago. and you-. This chick had some of the most vile, disgusting, race-involved yeah. stuff, stupid stuff in her Twitter feed, and wasn't smart enough to delete him because that's the world we live in now. And so it wasn't Charles Barkley's posse going out and checking her. There was, like, real reporters who went, mm-hmm. who is this woman? And yeah, they Her went name back, is
3: Alexi something or yeah, I have no and idea. And it's she obvious
5: said. that she likes to hang out yeah. with the boys oh, and yeah. girls in the sports world. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of great female sports reporters who know the athletes well, and they're not there to try to date an athlete. They're actually there moving up the food chain. And you could turn on any sports channel now. You could turn on the NFL network, NBA TV. There are more women now in the broadcast sports media than ever before. Everywhere. NFL people. People on the sideline reporters obviously have been female. But it's not just females. It's not about being a sideline reporter anymore. It's about being in the media, being respected in locker rooms, and being a respected member of the community of journalism, sports journalism, if there is such a thing. And so that's why I, when I walk at TV and I see the NFL Network and I see women at every single NFL city as the correspondents for the, for the teams or for the media, mm-hmm. that's a good sign. Yeah, It's like seeing minorities everywhere. It's like seeing African-Americans and Asian women and men of all colors and all religions and all races having an opportunity to do what they want to do and not being held back as a result of their colors, their races, their relationships, their, their sexual preference, or any of that stuff. So that's good. But this, you're, I agree with you with the story. And that woman, I think, has uh, put her tail between her legs and uh, moved away. So
3: make me so so angry. And the sad thing is, is that um, when somebody does something like that to a celebrity, there are so many people that jump on that bandwagon. Because they want to be able to make the headline. They want to be able to make the story. They want to be a part of it. And rather than looking at it objectively, like you often do, you look at a situation and go, wait a minute, uh, let's see what's really going on before condemning somebody or supporting somebody. um, it, it, It creates a much larger problem for a celebrity than is necessary. For example...
5: Um, I- See, this is a Robin rant, but Robin's rants are a little more laid back and reasoned <laughs> yeah, than mine. <laughs> yeah. There's no vitriol. There's no anger. There's no hatred. There's well, no... there's there The volume anger, level but- doesn't have to be brought down. You know what I'm saying?
3: But l- l- I will use you as an example. Uh, we here in the Bruno household, we call it Twittergate when you... Posted something on Facebook, it went to Twitter, and it was condensed, and it was taken out of context, and then all of a sudden it blew up, and it you were accused, not just locally in the Bay Area, where... Uh, where no twitter
5: is the worldwide
3: then but it became a a an international thing you were getting death threats and being accused of being racist when anybody that knows you anybody that's worked with you for you your listeners were sticking up for you and and it's it's sad that there are reporters out there and the same thing that happened with Charles Barkley when he made a comment to this Alexi apparently saying something um, if – uh, I I don't hit women, but if I did, I would hit you. Is what something and, along, something those, along lines, those lines? Yeah. And it was and it was a joke based upon um, her making a reference that he changed his mind about a player. But they were joking around. Exactly. And it, and it's just like Trevor. I don't know Trevor and Dean. For those of you who do not know them on here, they go back and forth and they talk to each other about. Um, hitting each other with a coho stick. Exactly. I mean, it's it's joking. I you use the <never> plinko had...
5: <laughs> stick now. I used to use coho, but now I'm a plinko stick guy.
3: And it's just insane. It's insane. And the reporters, and I say that loosely, reporters, journalists who jump on the bandwagon and try to make a story out of nothing. They're not
5: journalists, Robin. I know, these are uh, these are bloggers. I know who but... are looking to to. They jump on somebody they don't know, and it's not just me. It's anybody. Well,
3: even if they know them, they jump on it because they don't care. I didn't have
5: anybody who knew me who was writing nasty things about me over a tweet that I deleted in 10 seconds.
3: There was one, but he had a personal vendetta against you. because. But he's not
5: a real journalist. Anybody can have a blog. See, that's the problem. We have the blurred lines, not the song that was ripped off a couple of years ago. The the fact that people who watch news or watch news channels or listen to uh, opinion-based radio shows or blogs – They don't know the difference between reporters and analysts. Analysts could be anybody. Analysts could be anybody who has an opinion. I could be an analyst. I sort of am an analyst, but at least I have like 40 years of a background to base some of my opinions on or most of my opinions or all of them. That doesn't mean I'm right. That means that I look at things, try to look at things fairly. But we live in a world now where there's bloggers and websites and they're just people trying to get traffic to their sites because that's how they make money and that's how they survive. I've never had to do that, and especially in politics. you got people on both sides who live off some political party, some politician, and their money and their donors to give opinions. The classic example was last week, and I think I wrote this. How can you watch the same event, an actual hearing, which isn't really a legal hearing, but how can you hear witnesses testifying and then some people watching the same – now, I'm not talking about people on Twitter who don't know anything and just give opinions because that's what they do. I'm talking about the people who are supposed to know, the alleged journalists, people who look at a news story and then write the facts based on what is presented. Those are the people that disappoint me because I get the analysts. I get the right-wing pundits and the left-wing pundits. I'm talking about media people who are supposed to give me the facts if I'm not watching it, right? Right. And not everybody's watching this stuff and when the same the same witnesses are testifying and yet i'll see two different opinions on what that person said or two not even opinions two different interpretations of what that person said then you know it's no longer journalism because you see you see it one way the responses are one way the facts are one way the facts are did the person saying something tell you the truth or not and you're supposed to write that? You're not supposed to write an opinion on that. Yeah. That's the difference. So now everybody, the problem with media people now is that when I started, you could never give an opinion on the air. If you were a news reporter, uh-huh. you couldn't say, "Hey, you know, I just covered the story, and man, but let me tell you what I think." No, you have your job is to give people the facts on what's going on. But now you don't if you're a media, if you're a reporter, you then go off on a soliloquy and give opinions too.
3: My favorite, my favorite one that I've heard now, uh, many, many times from reporters, and I won't say where. I mean, it's just all over. Is um, uh, when they say, "Well, so and so said this," but what they really meant, I think, is, and then they say something completely like, "Like so," you're saying not only did they not say what you're saying they said, but you're saying that you know what they thought.
5: Wait it's unbelievable. Wrong. Now I'm starting to get dizzy. Oh. About this. All right, let's move <laughs> on from this crap. Let's move if on. If you're smart enough to know the difference between fact and opinion, then we welcome you to the show. Yes. If you're not, then you can do what you want. You know, the Twitter's loaded with people who have no idea what they're talking about. That's the best part of social media. You don't have to have any credentials. You don't have to be a reporter. You, you can be anybody. That's the freedom of the world. Unless you're an 18-year-old kid. Did you see the story about Jack, the guy, Jack Dorsey, who runs Twitter? Uh-uh. You see, his, uh, his Twitter his Twitter account was hacked recently, remember? Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, I remember when he was Remember, he
5: was, like, he was posting all this racist yeah, yeah, stuff and yeah. crazy stuff? And, so his and people like- say, wait a minute, this is Jack, the guy who runs Twitter. How could he have his account hacked? They just arrested a couple of people. They found out who hacked him. And you know mm-hmm. who they were? Who were they? A couple of 18-year-old kids. <laughs> so this is a genius who runs the most powerful social media platform next to Facebook on Earth. And yet a couple of 18-year-old kids sitting in their mom's basement
3: uh, are able to. Just (laughs) FYI, it wasn't that his account was hacked. It was that a phone number that was linked to his account was hacked. hacked, And you can use somebody's, you can use your phone number to uh, post tweets for you. On, a, on some of the apps, and so that phone
5: number was hacked. But the bottom line is, when, when the tweets appeared yeah. on Twitter- they looked like his. They were. It was at Jack Verified. Yeah, yeah. So when you see at Jack Verified, you're, you're like, thinking, hey.
3: You're like, hmm. Now, we
5: knew it wasn't his account, but the fact that 18-year-old kids <laughs> can somehow figure out a way to get into his account- and post all of this Look, racist crap. Here's the thing: it just shows you how easy it is for technology to be hacked, and not and only for that, people's lives to be never, ruined. Never,
3: ever, ever underestimate a teenager's <laughs> determination to do something, uh, and given enough time to think about it, because teenagers are they they know how to they, they know how to get around rules. <laughs> There's well, they always have, better. but
5: now the technology stuff. I mean, these kids are really smart. I'm not saying – got to be smart to figure out that stuff.
3: Or you just happen to be lucky to have figured out, like, how to hack a phone. I mean, like, if
5: – you're try, The point yeah, is you're trying yeah. to hack somebody. Yes. You just don't get up one morning and say, hey – let me think you're thinking about doing this stuff. Yes. You're not doing it. I mean,
3: look at you, Tony. Look at you. When you were growing up, the stories that your mother and your sisters tell about how you skirted the rules in so many different oh, ways.
5: Including yeah.
3: what the heck is that on your face?
5: I don't know. I can't see it.
3: Is that a is that a pear? Like a talking pear?
5: Oh, yes it is. No eyes.
3: I have no eyes. <laughs> That's creepy looking. <laughs> Sorry. Distracted. Um but one of these days, I, well, they don't like talking on the radio. So you're never going to hear it directly from them. But it is hysterical talking to Tony sisters. Actually, you know who, who would be great? I was, one day I'm going to videotape is your best friend, Buddy. And he talks about the things that you did when you were growing up.
5: Robin, this isn't the story. This isn't Tony, the, a sports talk host life. This isn't the NFL but network.
3: It's funny. It's funny. it'll be in the book, Robin.
5: I mean, and you, in the movie.
3: One of one of my favorite stories is that Tony used to sneak out of the house, and his mother, uh, very old school Italian uh, at that time, didn't even really speak a lot of English. Still, and she used to try to keep him in the house, and he was uh, he used to climb out of the coal chute in the, through the basement. And when she figured out that that's where he was doing it, she put broken glass.
5: It was clean coal, though, so she at least it wasn't a, the she, global warming kind. She
3: glued broken glass. Not
5: glued. She used cement and then put them up there. She I was trying to keep we- animals out of the house, actually.
3: Yeah, right. All right.
5: Enough about this stuff, Robin. Let's get back to the show. Right. Sorry, sorry. What the hell's the matter with you today?
3: I got distracted.
5: Jeez. Anyway, let's get it back to the NFL. So... What did we learn in week 12? We learned that there are some teams who failed big tests. The Eagles failed another big test at home. They're 3-3 three and three at home. The Dallas Cowboys failed a big test in Foxborough. Amari Cooper, zero catches in that game. So Amari Cooper is an elite receiver. He played a good team, and they found a way to shut him down. And realize that the Patriots weren't exactly world beaters. They took advantage of turnovers. They blocked a punt, they got interceptions, they got a fumble, and they were able to capitalize on it. And that's why the Cowboys lost. The Cowboys are still in good shape, but when you look around the NFL, now I think it's time to start seeing who the pretenders are and who the legit Super Bowl teams are. And there'll be power rankings, but the bottom line is this. You look at the NFL right now. The San Francisco 49ers are clearly the best team in the NFC the best as good as the the uh, as good as the saints are you see the saints have vulnerabilities they did yesterday again they had a lead in a game that they should have won easily luckily and then for the carolina carolina panthers they, their kicker couldn't make extra points or field goals so are they still a good team absolutely i'm not discounting the saints but you look at the dallas cowboys even if they win the nfc east are they a Super Bowl team? Now, of course, it depends on what happens in the final five weeks. But when you look at teams, are they able to go on the road and win a big game against an equal, if not better team, when it comes to playoff time, when the weather starts getting cold and all that other stuff? So to me, the Dallas, the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers last night, big opportunity. They knew going in that this was a statement game. If they can go into San Francisco and beat the 49ers then they could start puffing their chests out and saying, yes, we are a legitimate Super Bowl team. They were embarrassed last night. Aaron Rodgers, one of the greats of all times, was absolutely rendered useless. He was, they, they were 0 for 9 on third down in the first half. And they've got weapons. It's not, like the, it's not like they can't run the football. It's not like they don't have good receivers. Aaron Rodgers was terrible. And it's because he lost his left, his right tackle, Brian Balaga. He had 10, he was 10 for 20 for 41 yards in the first half. Now there's all of a sudden this Aaron Rodgers suck. No, he played a better team. He lost a key player on his offense and his team got embarrassed on national television. That was the game that they flexed, you know. That, that, that's the game that was the Eagles were supposed to be right, on against right, Seattle, right. but then they decided a couple of weeks ago, Green Bay and San Francisco, <clears throat> and they made the right call because that was a, definitely a much bigger game when you talk about the two opponents. But when they played the game, what happened? It became an absolute unwatchable shit show, unless you're a Niner fan. Niners are playing great, and they've got everything that you need to go the distance. And now the Rams tonight. They get a chance to snap out of this against what many people believe is the best team in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. Because unlike the Steelers, I mean, unlike the uh, Patriots, who are ten and one, the, the Patriots are not a strong ten and one. Ten and one is ten and one. Your record is what it is, as Charlie Manuel once said, I believe, and as Andy Reid once said,
4: hey, "Don't worry about it. Enjoy the win, man."
5: Exactly, and as Nick Foles once said,
3: "How's everyone doing? Let's make some noise. Come on."
5: Uh, not that good, Nick. And now people are already turning on, as people in Philadelphia keep doing the weekly, they need to bring Nick Foles back here. <clears throat> and now they're wondering in Jacksonville, where the Jaguars got their doors blown off yesterday, they're wondering whether they uh, that Nick Foles bringing him back was the right decision. Gardner Minshew was playing okay, and then he had a couple of off games, and then Foles was ready to come back, and they pay him a lot of money to be there. And I love Nick Foles. I have Nick Foles T-shirts in my drawer, so I'm not a Nick Foles hater. But for all the same people who think that the Eagles absolutely positively have to go out and get Nick Foles, you obviously didn't watch that football game yesterday. They were losing 35-3 to in the third quarter. Now, Nick Foles didn't give up 35 points. Jacksonville's defense, which was really, really good as far back as last year, now really, really stinks. And there's Nick Foles out there again with better talent than the Eagles have around Nick Foles has better talent around him in Jacksonville on offense than the Philadelphia Eagles do around Carson Wentz. That's indis- indisputable. And so what happens? He got a lot of garbage time yards. You know, to his credit, they didn't quit. But they were down 35-3. to So he finished off with some night. If you look at his stats, you're saying, wow, Nick Foles had a good game. Basically, the Tennessee Titans just started started playing, laying back, letting them complete short passes and not find a way to win the game. They came back a little bit, but they weren't going to win a 35-3 game. So now they're down on Nick Foles in Jacksonville. There's talk that Doug Marone, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, may be gone as early as today, Robin. The owner down there is not happy in Jacksonville. Wow. He wants to make a decision today. Now, it could be about Foles, whether they put Minshew back in there. But now they got a dilemma because they're paying Nick Foles so much money and their season's over, let's be honest. Jacksonville's going nowhere, nowhere fast. So that's the situation down there. And uh, Jared Goff, we'll see what he has tonight. But to me, the teams that, that took a step backwards yesterday, the Raiders obviously going into the New York the Meadowlands, getting slapped around by the Jets. Does that mean the Raiders are done? No, but now they have to be Kansas City, in Kansas City. The Giants, just when you think the Giants were going to put something together in New York, they, they're they not ready. They're not good enough. The Detroit Lions, without their quarterback, done. The Denver Broncos, who showed some signs of maybe snapping out of it, done. Those are the teams that are absolutely done. The Tennessee Titans, who about five weeks ago people said they're done. Marcus Mariota, this team stinks, fire everybody. They make a change at quarterback, and now all of a sudden the Tennessee Titans look like a playoff-style team. The Jets, who, by the way, if they win their next two games against Miami and Cincinnati, two teams they should beat, they'll be 6-7, and a team that looked like they weren't going to win a game earlier in the year. And the Cleveland Browns, who were left for dead again a couple of weeks ago, the the haters, you look at that talent in Cleveland and that much-maligned quarterback, and what happened? Things are under control. He's got offensive weapons, and despite all the hate and inner inner strife that goes on around there, Baker Mayfield is a damn good quarterback. But the media wants these people to fail. They want the first pick to fail. They want to, you know, they want to paint this guy as every other failed quarterback that's played. He's not the same guy. He's not. He's not one of these. Does he wear weird clothes and stuff? Yeah. He's a young dude. You know what they say about all those young dudes, Robin.
3: Hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with wearing weird clothes.
5: You know what they say? That's what I say to them. Anyway, let's go to the phones. 215 462 Tony. 215 462 8669. Live on twitch.tv. Now, remember, it's Tony Bruno's show. It is Tony. Yes,
3: actually, that's something that we have not announced officially on this. Daytime show. We've announced it on the Twitch nighttime show crossover with 97.3 ESPN. But um, to make things easier for those who are trying to find the show for the first time and uh, since Twitch uh, and they admitted it that their algorithms are a little wonky still and they're working on it. But um, to make it easier for people to, if they're just typing in Tony Bruno, because they know Tony Bruno's on Twitch, but they want to be able to find him. When you did that before, you would not find Bruno Nation Live.
5: If you just did a generic search right. on the Twitch site.
3: For Tony Bruno. You didn't,
5: you wouldn't find it. Right. So, so, so Bruno Nation Live was the, was the obstacle that kept people from yes. finding us. So we, Robin simplified
3: it. I just made it simple. Tony Bruno Show, and that's... Uh, so,
5: but if you still put in Bruno Nation Live and you're following there, does it automatically...
3: You should still be able to find it with Bruno Nation Live um, because of Bruno, but um, but it's just made it easier all along. So if you were already following, if you were already subscribing, nothing I've understood from several people that, that it automatically switched them over to Tony Bruno Show, no problem. But uh, from now on, it is twitch.tv slash Tony Bruno Show.
5: Now people are on me for saying Baker Mayfield sucks and they beat Miami. Baker Mayfield does not suck.
3: So are we going to line one or line two, Tony? Let's go to line two. Line two?
5: Yes. Let's go to the phones. Robin there's two lines. How hard is it to punch up line one or line two? It's not like thing one or thing two
3: sometimes i'm worried though i'm gonna lose them but anyway here we go
5: you know what they say on this show robin what is our main slogan on this program
3: keep it continue no <laughs>
5: exactly right who do we have on the line hello what up bruno
2: what up what up yeah. miss robin what,
5: up? What, what up? up
2: what up what up what the door what up, Riddle
5: the wow. Cat? How we doing today? Yo, what and up? not burned down
1: the ground yet. It's the main question of all this Carson Wentz hate stuff right now. It's the main question.
5: What was the what's the Carson Wentz hate question of the day?
1: Yeah, what is the Carson Wentz hate question of the day? That's the, what's the full question. They got to get, get rid of him. Like, I mean,
5: it's, it's, there's no doubt about it. They need to cut him, and then uh, bring in somebody off the street or play. Uh, so they
1: should bring in Jeff Garcia again. I think he's going he make this team go to the playoffs. Uh, bring they in Colin Kaepernick.
5: Around. Bring in Colin Kaepernick, even though after his much-anticipated uh, public workout, which wasn't a public workout after all, and all these people showed up. You know how many people have called uh, the representatives of Colin Kaepernick after that much-anticipated uh, workout and interview session wearing a Kunta Kinte it's jersey? Bagel. You know how many teams have reached bagel. out? Zero. Bagel. Absolutely none. And again, I'm not, if somebody wants to sign him, I'm not going to go crazy. But the fact is, the no, way that either. was handled, the way that whole shit show was handled, did him no good whatsoever. It actually made people angry again. It, made people, it reminded people on why nobody wants to sign him. Not about kneeling or being anti-cop. It's about the guy. has His, 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 his only concern is Nike. That's all he cares about. Kissing up to Nike and selling sneakers. God bless him. He can sell as many sneakers as he wants. But the the fact that nobody and all these teams are starting guys out there no one's ever heard of in the NFL, and this guy's still still sitting at home, says all you need to know about what a douchebag Colin Kaepernick is.
1: Absolutely right about that. Um, I was at the Eagle game yesterday. I have not seen the link emptied out that quickly in the third and fourth quarter in a while. That was bad yesterday. I forget the Seattle
5: Seahawks. Well, you um, know why? Because you can sense crazy. it. I mean, I'm mean, First of all, it was a misty, miserable day. I know the rain stopped. But that's why I'm glad yeah. it wasn't an 8.30 game. Because I always say this. And listen, I okay, have nothing totally. against tailgating. But imagine if that game was an 8.30 start. And then you got the normal crowd at 6 a.m. in the parking lot drinking. At least the gods may, and the NFL gods switched that game to a 1 o'clock start so that the people did not do more liver damage than they normally would okay if they had to wait all the way until 8.30 at night to start that game. Imagine how ugly that would have been if it had remained the Sunday night nationally televised game and you had all those angry people liquoring themselves up into Bolivian or Bolivia or Oblivion, whichever yeah, place a, you want to go. We'll
1: go to Oblivia, and that would have been real bad. Plus I, get, I would not have gone home until like 4 a.m. most likely from back to Connecticut.
5: It's an outrage, so. man. Oh,
1: absolutely. So... Other than that, I'm, I, I, I've never seen it that bad before. I, I stayed till triple zero. I like being – I like me and my buddies. Are, let's be miserable and, together and watch this shit show of a product of a team that has 10 final wide receiver to throw the ball to. Was so I, I wrong when I suggested
5: – was I wrong, uh, Trevor, when I suggested that even though it was 10-3, to 3, that there was no feeling whatsoever, that, that, that it felt like an insurmountable lead, a seven-point game?
1: Yeah, that was like it's like I, I saw when I saw that Like they ain't coming back. This is this game's over. And that's what I was like. I was like sat there and just sat in disbelief how bad this offense is. And I agree. Mike Crow needs to go. And Press Taylor needs to go. They need to be shown the door today. If I was if the Eagles, I would bring Ken Whisenhunt and Jay Gruden as offense and QB coach. I think those two give be you a better job than what we have right now in the coaching staff right now between
5: Mike Crow and yeah but they're Crowley. not they're not going to make a move now i mean you know they, they you know what it is they got an easy excuse <clears throat> now if they if they play poorly down the stretch then they'll make a move at the end of the season because they have to find a way to bring people back next year you know going into the draft and all those things but they're not going to make a, ch- a coaching change right now no the, even the cowboys even though jerry jones now if there's any team that is likely to make a coaching change not with the head coach but move some players. Or we, you know, we've seen this before. The Jaguars done it. How many yeah. teams have changed coordinators? Teams are flipping around. There's their coaching staffs in the middle of the season. This late into the season. The are- exactly. The Eagles, t- the Eagles' excuse is, <clears throat> well, we got the easiest schedule now. Other than the Dallas game, they should win all these games. But I'll tell you what, if they stumble and lose to a Miami or Washington, then they got their first win yesterday. And so I don't think it's going to be a pushover. The Giants are not. don't look that good. But, you know, they should win these games. But that doesn't mean they're going to win these games. That's the problem. So that's why I think they're going to go in and say, hey, we just get a couple of guys healthy this week, and now we see Greg Ward, you know, as a viable option at wide receiver. We don't have to go out and find some guy off the street to come in here. Their defense is playing well. They don't have to worry about cornerback depth now because they got a lot of guys out there who are making plays. So, you know, you realize the Eagles' defense – has not get, you know what you know what they've given up in their last four games, two of them losses? They gave up what? they gave up thirteen points in Buffalo. Remember that game? Yeah, I was there live for that game. Thirteen points against Buffalo, fourteen points against the Chicago Bears, ten points, seventeen points, I'm sorry, against the Patriots, and 17 points against Seattle. You you give up only that, that few points. You give up under 20 points in four consecutive games, two of them at home, you've got to find a way to win those games. And that's what they've been unable to do. So you can't ask your defense to play any better than limiting four consecutive teams to under 20 points. Two of them, 13-14, and the last two, very good teams, 17 points each. Those are games you have to win, and that's why they're not good enough. Same thing with the Cowboys, 0-4 against teams with winning records. You have to win those games. And that's what's happening around the league. And we're seeing that the good teams like San Francisco, you know, we're seeing good teams. The very few left. I mean, the Seahawks. The Seahawks in San Francisco right now are the class of the NFC. Is there anybody in the NFC? The Vikings are still good. But you look at the Vikings. They're good. Are they scary good? You look at the Green Bay Packers. They're good. Are they scary good? And you look at the NFC East, the Cowboys and and the Eagles. The Cowboys are the ones to me that should be the most disappointed and the most worried because they should be winning this division easily.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I have a big question. This just, I don't know if Jason, Jason Garrett's most likely not going to be bring back, brought back. See, what do you see with J- Jerry Jones bringing in as their next coach if they don't bring back Jason Garrett? This, I, have no, the
5: I have no idea what Jerry's going to do. I mean, obviously, Jerry likes guys. who you know. And listen, Jason Garrett's. You know he's not a puppet. I mean, he used to bring in puppets back in the day, Jerry. After the whole Switzer, you know, after Jimmy Johnson and Barry Dave Switzer, Campo,
2: yeah, Dave Chan Camp- Galey.
5: yeah, exactly, Chan Gailey, nice guys, but not guys who would be told what to do. Because that's when Jerry would actually be phoning down plays. Uh, Jerry doesn't do that anymore. He lets his coaches coach, and then he criticizes his coaches, you know, vaguely with veiled threats about I don't know what's going on out there with our special teams. And you know, there's no doubt the Cowboys right now have all the ingredients. But something is wrong, and you can't say it's the players. So, to me, there's no doubt the Cowboys' coaching is a weakness. Same thing with the Eagles. But the Eagles have problems, too, with, with a talent situation, and that's on the front office. But the Dallas Cowboys, of all of these teams we're talking about, to me, have no excuses to play the way they're playing when they have their talent intact at the right time of the year down the stretch. That's true.
1: Uh, I, got a, I, got two, I, got, I got a violation question.
5: A violation? Is
1: it that recession? I want to know if it's a violation by me as a Philly sports fan. Is it a violation that I'm going on a date with a girl who's a Yankee fan, a Cowboys fan, a Penn State fan, and a Pittsburgh Penguins fan? Is Uh, that bad by my
5: Well, let me ask you now. Is she hot?
1: Yes, and she played field hockey, too.
5: So she's got strong calves and strong uh, thighs. Because chicks who play field hockey, and then obviously probably a nice, tight little waist. What's her waist size, do you know?
1: No idea.
5: <laughs> What's the matter with you, man? These are the important questions that have to determine whether or not it's a violation. If it's That is not...
1: very true, but...
5: <laughs> Some things you overlook. You overlook the fact that she's a confused sports fan who follows, you know, just good teams in different sports and not the Philadelphia MPA. team. So I don't, know
1: if I, should... I don't know if I should let that slide by her, but her whole family's all
5: Eagle fans, too. So you can't blame bad weird. parenting, then. So your yeah, parents hmm. have done a good job. So it's not the parenting. Yeah.
1: Well, but I mean,
3: you can also find out how invested she is <laughs> in those teams. I mean, is she a fan because of uh, how did she become a fan? Because maybe her mind can be changed.
1: That is true. She's like very invested in the Penguins. I know that. We were t- I was texting her late, like past couple of days. She was like watching the games. And Wait stuff. a minute. Is this like a Tinder, Tinder hookup?
5: This- is this a Tinder hookup or somebody you physically have met and have had conversations with?
1: Tinder. I'm one of those guys. The bar scene out here is pretty bad. Let, let me give you, you one of these. those.
5: You thought I was going to give you a bump, bump, the bump. So here's the bottom line: if she's a Tinder chick and she looks good, you don't really give a crap about because you're not going to marry her. Nobody gets married on no. Tinder. It's a hookup. It's just sheer sexual gratification. I don't
3: know if there was anybody that actually got a real serious relationship out of Tinder. If they did,
5: they would never my acknowledge buddy,
1: it. My buddy did. <laughs> really? My buddy did, and I'm going to his wedding in two weeks.
3: Oh my in god. Ohio.
1: I will live tweet that wedding
5: for you guys. We need some entertainment for that. Yes. Now, you don't. The first step on Twitter Twitter is to make sure you swipe the right way. The second step is to not give a shit about any of that other stuff, the periphery stuff about what she likes in sports and anything else. It's all about meeting and having sex. Let's be honest. Let's just be honest. Absolutely. Tinder's about sex. It was only created for sexual reasons, it wasn't created as a matchmaking site, it was created as a promiscuous sexual sight where people pretend that they care about the other person or a long term relationship, which couldn't be farther from the truth. And that's the truth right there. You know what I'm saying?
1: That's that's true. I, she texted me from the Eagles Dolphins game. So she's a Cowboys say like can we, she wants to cuddle and watch she wants to watch the Eagles Dolphins game with me. So I'm like, holy fuck
5: <laughs> let's go Hey you gotta do it man. Hey. You gotta do it. If she's hey, hot enough you you, as we say, you got to give it a test drive, and I'm sure she's thinking the same thing of you. This isn't just about guys trying to hook up with women on Tinder, you know, because there's a lot of women. They're on there for the same reason. Oh yeah, they're not on there looking now, for a soulmate. Now,
3: EA Hiryak says, "I will be with my girlfriend for five years in February, who I met on Tinder."
1: Wow. wow. Let's give
3: him a, a round of applause on that one. <laughs> wow. Hey, you... AJ in
1: San Antonio, can we get Tinder to sponsor the show?
5: <laughs> I don't think Tinder needs <laughs> can, t- can we get
1: a Tinder patch on, like, the T-shirts, like how the Clippers do, like the sponsor of
5: Bumble? I like so it. I like think like that's it. what we need. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 Play Action Reel has it. If I'm going to look for somebody to hook up with, I'm not going on Tinder. I'm going on FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> Because you know what they say about them farms. Yeah. Farm or you girls. go to L.A.
1: for your spin class.
3: Those Or you go to L.A. for your spin class.
5: No, I go to farmers only, even though I don't have a farm. My son does, and I can say, "Hey, I got a farm down in Maryland," and then confuse them and take them down and show them that I knew how. I know how to plow the lower forty. I know how to do the all the. I know how to use farm implements. Right, Robin? Oh, absolutely. I could run a front end loader. I could run could run a, uh, I run a uh, an excavation machine. I can actually plow the fields and plant corn for a harvest and abundance. Well, I know, can prepare a Valentine, Valentine, a Thanksgiving meal just from the earth.
3: I think that you're 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 saying farmers only, but you're thinking farmers' daughter.
5: Well, who do you think's on farmers only? This is supposed to be real. F- have you seen the commercials? Have you seen those hot farmers' daughters out there?
3: <laughs> can you milk a cow?
5: Yes, I have. I've milked a cow. I've milked a goat. I can get. I can do it. listen. If I had to live on a farm, I could survive. Am I right, Robin? Oh,
3: absolutely. I can do. I mean, I've. I've. uh, I'm. I'm. I know animals, and and so. I know how to get
5: bull semen when I need it. (laughs) You you, do. Are you able to
1: get water at a house? Because right now I have no water pressure at my current place. Right now, what's going on
5: out there, man? What is going on back there?
1: Turn on the faucet Friday night. I got back from the gym. No water came out. Not anywhere. Is it frozen pipes? So I have the, um, irony pipes. How about that? Like uh, calcium and like brown, like orangey stuff. They put water through it, and like a bunch of goo came out.
5: Yeah, so uh, that, that sounds like out. my rectum, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: So I actually, I just got, I, I literally just got back from my mom's sister's house. To use to shower and use the bathroom. How about
5: that? That's a good job out of That's, you, man. All right, well, be careful up there, man.
1: We'll do. I'll see you at the Monday night
5: game against the Giants. All right, brother. There he is, Trevor, up there in the 203, up in Connecticut, where what they do on Sundays, you know what they do on Saturdays in Connecticut? They go and storm the fields at Ivy League games at Yale and Harvard and sit in the middle of the field hoping that climate change will be fixed by the end of the, the second half which is why Ivy League football should be completely abolished from the face of the earth.
3: I don't know if uh, whoever was holding on, uh, AJ, I think it was AJ in Cincinnati. I don't know if he's still on hold. Let's see. Hello?
1: Hello, Mr. Robin. Hello, Tony. How are you doing this afternoon? I hope everything's well with you, Tony. Missed you last week, my man.
5: Well, thank you, sir. By the way, uh, I have not... Uh, there's a lot of great – I mean, the, the, the Twitch stream is really blowing up today, so I can't even te- te- keep up with it because it's so fast. But uh, a lot of people commenting on, on the show today, and we appreciate everybody hanging in there. And we'll be back later on, of course, at, over in New Jersey for the Mr. Monday Night Soiree. You know what tonight is, by the way? Colin Thompson's last show.
3: I know. Colin I know. Thompson,
5: last show tonight, and then he'll be heading down uh, Tampa. Yes, I actually down just got to Tampa. a
3: – I got a press release for the XFL – um, regarding, where was it? Hold on a second. Let me see. XFL, XFL Media Relations. Um, for the love of football, XFL launches Football Advisory Network. Um, the XFL officially kicks off the Football Advisory Network, FAN.
5: Oh. It is
3: a digital community. Is Mike
5: Francesa involved with this, the uh, the Football Advisory Network?
3: A digital community that gives football fans who love the sport an interactive platform to share their feedback and have their opinions heard on all aspects of America's number one game and new league.
5: What about the Barstool Sports Advisors? Are they involved in this league as well?
3: No. So if you go to xfl.com forward slash football advisory network to enroll you can also participate in polls, surveys, discussions, off-field topics. Members of the FAN community will help the XFL design its fan experience and shape the game.
5: Beautiful. Meanwhile, uh, RF, uh, R, R Fitzg says, I've milked my job. Does that count? <laughs> well, so, if you so, work so for she... the government, that's the first thing you learn is how to milk a job.
3: Now, Tony, uh, you I know you've milked a cow.
5: I've milked a goat.
3: You milked a goat. Yes. What other animals have you milked?
5: Uh, I milked a couple of women, Latina, Lat uh, Latin, uh, Latina, l- lactating Latinas. Does that count?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my, I knew you were going to go there.
5: <laughs> it wasn't really that hard. I mean, you know, when you're lactating, it's hard to keep that stuff in. You know. Our says,
3: "Believe it or not, I worked 37 years in a dairy." In dairy.
5: Oh, beautiful yeah. man!
3: I've milked a cow before. I've milked goats.
5: Have you ever milked anything other than the Cincinnati Bengals all in 10 season so far, AJ? You know what? I I also have
3: milked. I didn't actually milk. I don't think that if you're, unless you're actually collecting the milk for milk's sake, you can't really call it milking. But I have expressed milk from both a dog and a cat to help the kittens or the puppies uh, latch on at the beginning. Beautiful. And I've milked myself. I've milked myself
2: people. Now,
5: A.J., that what cow? have you milked in your lifetime, if you think about it? Because everybody's milked something in their life.
1: I've milked a cow before.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard. Actually, it's harder than you think. People think you just grab it and no. it's going to start coming out.
3: No, you have there's to. There's a system. There's a technique. Exactly. Yeah, you can't just pull. And you would
5: think guys would know the technique better than anybody, but I've seen guys try to milk a cow. and They have no clue what they're doing.
3: Yeah, and, you, and if you don't do it right, the, the cow's not happy. She'll, she'll kick you.
5: And just remember, there's no milking in the champagne room the next time you guys go out to a gentleman's club. No milking in there, ladies and gentlemen, unless you stay for three or four dances, and then they milk you out of a couple extra hundred bucks for sitting around doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, now, the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, when you look at the bad quarterbacks around the league, the Cincinnati Bengals right now, I mean, are they on their 15th quarterback this season now? Who the hell was that guy, Ryan Finley
1: from nc state uh yeah he looked uh not so good uh, yesterday he missed some open throws uh he got lucky on two fifty fifty 50 balls late in the second quarter that tyler boyd grabbed uh i was shocked that they were leading at halftime but i gotta get mike Tomlin his due because he realized that mason rudolph was off his off his game he decided let me roll with Devin H- H- devlin hodges and duck
5: duck hodges man I said that last week, my buddy, Coach uh, the Coach Robin. What are you you're messing the whole, pulling the whole set apart here? Sorry, our, our great friend, Coach, uh, Rasic, Coach Henry Rasic, on our Thursday night show, Screwballs, big Steeler fan. We were talking about this last week. I said they got to go back to Duck Hodges. You know, listen, Mason Rudolph was looking okay, but Duck Hodges, when he played the last time, he there was some life in this team, so that was a good move by the Steelers, but the Bengals, I'll give him credit, man. They could, have, they could have won that game. Who was the one guy that, that caught the pass down? At the, was it Ebron? Who was it that caught uh, the pass?
1: Well, well, late in the fourth quarter, they were down 13-10. Uh, uh, Stanley hit a nice, you know, deep pass to Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, that's and right. And then Devin he fumbles Bush, it. Fumbles but, it inside but, the but, 10. But I, give this, but I give Devin Bush credit. He, he knocked it from me behind, he got, they, they got the perfect matchup. It's just an uh, unfortunate Devin Bush, who I who, who I want as a Bengals fan to draft until the Steelers made, you know, tra- traded up 10 spots to steal, st- steal from the Bengals. He makes the key play. The ball stays inbounds for some miracle reason. Yep. Nika Fitzpatrick takes it up, runs it 30 yards. I thought they were going to, you know, move it back to the fourteen because I thought, you know, his little – I thought he touched the line on the shoot, but, it, yes, it was a clear fumble he got, but they didn't decide, you know, uh, not to move him back like 30, because it ended up being huge because Pittsburgh ended up making a field goal to go up six and then force the Bengals to, you know, try to get touch on the win. And, of course, on the second down play, uh, I think it was, yes, but debris stripped strips you know, Brian Finley from behind, and I think either him or Cam Hayward recovered the fumble, and then, of course, a couple plays later they ran out the clock.
5: Yeah, and I, I didn't watch the game obviously because it was a one o'clock game. I'm watching the Eagles, and I flipped around every once in a while on on, on NFL uh, NFL Red Zone channel. But no, I mean when I said I said Eric Ebron, of course he's hurt now for the in, for the Colts, right? I saw he's hurt. Yep. But but uh, but Tyler Boyd, listen, he made a great catch. But how did and the ball Mink without Minka Fitzpatrick? Let me say this: that was the best pickup from any team this year, certainly as far as impact. Without Minka Fitzpatrick. The Steelers may not have won a game. That's how important oh, exactly. he has been, man.
1: Exactly. First two games before Amiga Fitzpatrick trade, they were giving up thirty and a half points per game. And then since you know his, since he's been with the team, he's had eight eight takeaways, five interceptions, three fumble recoveries, two touchdowns, and they've only allowed sixteen point four points. Per game. I put him number 2 on my list of top 3 You know, defensive player of the year. Number 1, Devon Gilmore, who did a heck of a job, a yeah. great job. Shut down Amari Cooper he yesterday. Shut him down. He had more catches than
5: Amari Cooper and they both came they yeah. came from the same quarterback.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and number 3 right now is number 3 is Nick Bosa who had another sack and a fumble recovery last night. As my god, I am so disappointed in the Green Bay Packers. They were my team from the NFC to go to Super Bowl. Now I got to rethink that like God, twice now this year, going to California and no showing. And this is one coming off the bye week. You think you would have some juice, but I, I'm no. There were no them. show.
5: There were no show against the Chargers game, and you could see it from the first snap. I mean, last night they were, you know, they looked good. They came out, and then when they lose, you know, when they lose their right tackle, the entire the entire game changed because the guy they put in there, Light Alex Light, he was horrible. He couldn't block anybody, and that was the exactly. downfall because. Listen, the Niners' defensive front. I think everybody talks about you know these other guys. To me, the Niners' defensive front right now is the scariest in the NFL.
1: Oh yeah, they got you know they drafted four first rounders and of course they acquired D Ford. You know via free agency, that's five. And you know that's the best you know front line to me in all of the NFL. Bosa, D Ford, Sam Thomas, who plays once a while, but the big, the big two guys that make the difference up in the middle. Uh, DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead, they're giants. My God, they're like, Armstead's like uh, 6'8", Buckner's like 6'7". No, they're monsters,
5: man. And Bosa's, I mean, the Bosa guys, you know, people were making fun of them last year. Those guys are both legit superstar players, man.
1: Yes. And two two more quick points. Of course, uh, last night, uh, the new voice of the 49ers, Gray Papa, former voice of the Raiders, yeah. He did Wayne Lurvey's, uh, you know, line. Anytime the Packers, you know, wrap up a game there, and there is your dagger. He put, he, he mentioned Wayne, dropped Wayne Lurby's name and said, here's your, your dagger after Raheem Mostert made it score 37-8. to eight. I thought that was pretty awesome.
5: And you know and where that, Raheem Mostert was uh, a couple of years ago? Uh, a Philadelphia up, Eagle. A Philadelphia yeah. Eagle. Another guy they just let go. Anyway, right now, the 49ers are so good, they could put me in the backfield and I can get yards, man. Yeah, That's how deep uh, they are.
1: And, of course, last last but not least, uh, I felt like your Temple Owls outplayed my university Cincinnati Bearcats. It's just unfortunate your special teams uh, let you down because they gave up five points because the, because the, the long snapper had a terrible, you know, Snap back to the punter who, you know, caught it. but well, unfortunately, when your knees down when you catch the ball in the college, they call you down automatically, and that 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 was huge because UC ended up getting three points right before halftime, and then of course the block extra point after to get get down uh, thirteen to six, and then UC returns it for two points, which end up being the big the margin of the difference. Thanks for taking
5: my call, Tony. Right, thank you, man. Thank you, AJ. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Temple was a big underdog in that game, and Cincinnati's a good team, but. You know, even Colin Thompson was talking about how he was disappointed because Temple should have found a way to win that game. Yeah. And uh, they're not going to play for the championship. But Temple's been up and down this year. But, you know, nine wins for a Temple team, that's a pretty good year. Now they're not going to go to any major bowls, maybe the military bowl. But that's the thing about college football. You know, there's only four teams that matter. Everybody else is just playing for scraps and bowl games that nobody cares about except the uh, – you know, except the the guys with the Blazers that I always like to rip. You know what I'm saying? I remember Raheem Mostert being here in Philly, but now I'm looking at his uh, I'm looking at his numbers. Oh yeah, they here, here. he is. I think he, I don't even think he played. I think he was on uh, on the roster on the practice squad. Tony, did you want to go to another phone call? Yeah, let's go to the phones, Robin. Let's go to the phones.
3: This is S Falcon.
5: Steven Detroit. Is, yes. is it over now for the uh, Detroit Lions, the Detroit Red Wings, the Detroit Tigers, and uh, who else am I missing now? And the Detroit Pistons.
4: It's been over. Oh my gosh, sports radio is all over Patricia right now. I can't listen to it anymore.
5: That was an ugly loss yesterday. That was very Oh, ugly. that
4: was terrible. Uh, I I was watching after get home from the hospital and it, it was horrible. It was horrible. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm going, is this really happening? Are we losing to the Redskins?
5: It's going to get easier, though, because you have a short week, and then, of course, uh, they're playing on Thanksgiving Day. And, by the way, the, on the Thanksgiving Day game, they are a home mm-hmm. dog to your Chicagoland area Bears. You know that? They, were, they opened wow. up as favorites, and now the Bears have flipped it after the game. Now Chicago, one-point favorite in Detroit as a home dog on Thanksgiving Day. That is the first game of the day, the 12.30 start. That's when people are just putting the bird in the oven here on the East Coast, and they just have it on in the background after the Thanksgiving Day parades, the Macy's one and the ones yeah. all over the country. And then that's when yeah. people in Detroit uh, get to watch the game and then go home and have Thanksgiving at 4 in the afternoon, while the most rest of the country is basically just putting you know, the stuff in the oven and making the, uh, the accoutrement. You
3: know what's weird, though? I don't even feel... To me, it doesn't feel like the holidays yet at all. There's been so much that's been going on with you in and out of the hospital, my dad in and out of the hospital. Uh, Steve, sounds like you were in the hospital. I mean, like I was. Had... I
4: just got home uh, yesterday.
3: Ah, uh, well, hopefully, whatever's going You're on right? with you
4: is. Uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a little bit of a problem. I got a follow up today, so hopefully that'll that'll go okay. And
3: well, strength and prayers to you as well. I, I we, oh, thank we seem you. to uh, need an abundance of that, and it just doesn't feel like I, I have no motivation to cook or clean do, or do, do, any, do any of the things that normally around the holidays you're like excited about s- seeing family and getting together. I just, I, uh, I. Mm-hmm. I'm just here yeah, for the turkey.
5: Was, yeah, just here. Just eat the turkey.
4: That's it. To eat the turkey
5: and uh, and the stuffing the pie and, and the gravy and, and I don't want oh, any yeah. I don't want any almonds with the stink I don't want any green beans with almonds I don't you want don't any like creamed onions I don't understand why people make creamed onions creamed onions yeah cream, cream onions yeah you know the little pearl onions oh and blech. they're sitting in like a cream sauce that's I know. just wrong man
3: there's a lot of weird uh, weird recipes that get handed down from generation to generation that you would never ever 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 think of preparing or eating at any other time of year but for some reason people still insist on putting them on the table even though nobody really wants it there's too I've many, many si-
5: there's too many sides There's too many. This is let me give you my. Of course, we'll have Tony. We have to do the Tony's Thanksgiving turkey tips again. Oh yeah. Do you have those in the system, Robin? Uh, Let me see if I find them. Those have become. Do you you
4: deep fry your turkey, or do you uh, put it in the oven? I mean, no, I bring it down the the wine cellar, and I take a
5: fro. Here's what you do: you bring your turkey fryer in your house in the basement, and then you get a frozen turkey, and you just drop that thing into the oil once it reaches like 300 degrees. (laughs) And then you sit back, and the house is warm for the rest of the winter. I'm joking for anybody out there who thinks I'm serious. No, you can't do that. That blows the house up. We don't want to do that. Yeah, that would be really bad.
3: And when you fry a turkey, you're not supposed to do it inside anyway. You're supposed to do it outside. No, you're not.
5: I know. You have to take it out to like a 500-acre park and then be out in the middle of nowhere to safely execute a turkey frying thing now. I don't get do the know turkey Butterball frying their thing. Own machine. They have their own machine.
4: Yeah, you have their. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's the Butterball deep fryer machine. You can buy it anywhere—Best Buy, you know, Bed Bath and Beyond, anywhere—and you can just deep fry your turkey right in there.
5: I, I don't. You know, I like. I'm, I'm not a deep fry guy. I mean, I like. Listen, I love deep fried artichokes. I love everything deep fried. You know, obviously buffalo wings, everything's deep fried. Yeah. But why? Why do we need to throw a turkey in the boiling oil? Put that baby. I know it tastes good, but you got. There's something special. It's about the. It's about. It's about the It's about the journey with turkey, not the destination. Yeah. You know what I mean. I have I yeah. have
3: several of them here, Tony.
5: Should we play a turkey tip for the folks today? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, play turkey tip. Why not?
3: Um. Let's see. I have. Shall we do the turkey with wine? The wine one. There's there's a stuffing. There's a meat. There's just regular cooking tip, and then there's cooking with OJ.
5: No, let's go to the cooking uh, with OJ. But uh, yeah, the, no, that one's later. Let's <laughs> let's start off with stuffing it's not your the white
4: meat, Stuffing.
5: Is it? Okay. No, there's no we we have that. These are we call these evergreens. Every holiday, it's it's like the old skins game. Remember in golf, they used to play the skins game on Thanksgiving weekend, and then they don't play it anymore because nobody watches that crap because they're worried about guys you know making a putt for fifty thousand dollars while they're sitting at home wondering whether the kids' tuition's going to be paid in school. And so, you play that game, Tony. The Skins game? I play a different version of the Skins game.
4: Yeah, I, I'm sure you do. <laughs> okay,
3: give me a second, Tony. I have to load them onto a different list here, so hang on.
4: And, and we're not going to eat the babies on Thanksgiving.
5: You don't want to eat the babies on Thanksgiving?
4: No, no, we're not going to eat the babies on Thanksgiving.
5: What about, you know, what about a Cornish game head? Isn't that like eating the babies when you're talking about the, uh, the foul uh... world? Uh
4: if I want to eat a Cornish game hen, I don't know. What about deer venison? We, we need
0: eat to eat the babies.
1: <laughs> That's a great drop.
5: <laughs> we need to so eat much. the babies. And then, of course, if you go to Mike Tyson's house for Thanksgiving, you know what he does, right? I want to eat his no, children. what does he do? He says, I want to eat his children. He eats children, oh, too. Geez. I think eating oh, babies yeah. is a big thing right now.
3: Okay, let's see if I, if I... Is that the new thing on Twitter? I don't know.
5: To I think so. I out. think there's a new site for that if you want to eat babies.
3: Hang on, Steve. I'm going to see if the thing that I'm pulling up is actually going to play through on Twitch. So hang on a second. Here we go. Okay. This is vintage Tony's cooking. These with... go
5: way, way back from ancient family recipes handed down. It is time for Tony's Thanksgiving Turkey Day Tips, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for checking in, Steve. We'll talk to you soon, brother.
4: It's done. Okay, you guys have a happy
5: Thanksgiving. You too, man. Okay. Let's take it from the top, Let's Take it
3: from the top. I have to turn the volume up here a little bit more. But, um.
5: Here we go.
0: It's time for another Cooking Minute. Yes, we're talking turkey with Tony Bruno.
5: Hi, boys and girls. I'm Chef Tony, and today, I'm going to teach you how to choke your, I mean, stuff your turkey. First, take one pound of seasoned stuffing, hold it in your left hand, grip your turkey, and push it right up the old
0: wazoo. Bam! For more of Tony's great (laughs) recipes, call his cooking hotline, 877-99 on Fox. Make sure to specify recipe number two.
5: Next time, I'll show you how to avoid burning your giblets. That's the kind of public service. You don't get that from the Butterball Hotline when you call one of those chicks who's sitting there waiting for you to call and and ask for all these stupid recipes. No. You get the the absolutely... These are quick. These are like, you know, 60-second meals or 60-minute meals, all these TV food show things. Oh, That was like not even a minute, and I showed you how to stuff your bird. Ram that baby right up the old poop chute. Although there's not as much room in the poop chute of a turkey as there is in other uh, creatures. Because, you know, some people don't even stuff the butt in a turkey. If you have too much stuffing, though, you have to lift the flap and put it in that butt nice and pack it tight. Pack you know it I'm tight, saying? yes. Just slap that baby in there, rub it down. Get that baby right in there. Because, you know, you always fill up the... A lot of people don't stuff their turkeys because it takes longer to cook. But when you put the turkey stuffing and you fill up the entire cavity, right? Mm-hmm. You always have that little bit left over. And a lot of people don't want to go through the extra work to lift up the skin flap and put it in there. Just think of it like when you're in bed and your significant other has those, those, uh, those onesie pajamas with the little flap in the back with right. the two buttons that hold it up, and you conveniently just pop that thing down and <laughs> slide it gently, delicately. Oh, yeah, very delicately.
3: <laughs> I'm sure that that's what would happen at that point.
5: Good Lord, Tony. I got a quick Raheem Moster timeline. So Raheem Mostert, in 2015, the Eagles the Eagles did sign him to the practice squad. Then they waived him in September of 2015. And then they cut him in September of 2015. And then on September 7th of 2015, they added him back to the practice squad. Then, on September 15th of 2015, the Miami Dolphins signed Raheem Mostert. And then on the 13th of uh, September, this is all now within a one-month period in 2015. Wow. So then October 13th, the Miami Dolphins waive him a uh, month after they signed him. And then October 14th, they uh, the Baltimore Ravens picked up Raheem Mostert off waivers from Miami. And then December 15th, the Ravens waived Raheem Mostert. And then on December 16th of 2015, the Cleveland Browns picked him up off waivers from Baltimore. And then on March 7th of 2016, the Cleveland Browns re-signed Raheem Mostert.
3: Good Lord.
5: And then on September 4th, he actually went through the entire, uh, he went from December 16th of 2015 all the way to September 4th of 2016, almost a calendar year before he was waived by the Cleveland Browns.
3: Talk about feeling like a ping pong ball.
5: But wait. One day after being caught by the Cleveland Browns, Raheem Mostert signed to the New York Jets practice squad. And then six days later. The Jets cut Raheem uh, Mostert. September 6th, the Jets cut him. September 13th, the Chicago Bears add Raheem Mostert to their practice squad. September 21st, Bears...
3: Now, I have a question, you. Yes, to
5: the Bears, uh, they signed I'm, him on the 21st.
3: Why? So, so, looking at that, what does that tell... Like, why would that happen to somebody... I mean, if they suck, if they're not a good they player... They don't suck.
5: These are good players. Okay, so, so and they're I'm... extra... When they're on your practice squad, anybody can take them off. Okay. You have them as... That's why there's a practice squad. You have extra players at different positions. So if somebody gets hurt, you can sign that guy and bring him up like the Eagles did yesterday. You know, with, with Greg Ward, he's been on their practice squad for three years. But you have to activate him. And so Raheem Mostert has gone through a series where he went from the Eagles to the Dolphins to the Ravens to the Cleveland Browns to the Jets to the Bears and then the San Francisco 49ers. After he was cut by the Chicago Bears on November 24th of 2016, the Niners picked him up to the practice squad in 2016. Uh They activated him in December, and then he was put on IR in 2017, and then he was placed again on IR in 2018. So he's missed 2017 and 2018 on injured reserve. And then on March 19th of this year, the 49ers signed him to a three-year $8.7 million contract. Wow! So he's obviously wait, You know, he's made his way through the NFL, Talk about looking for chances after chance, going to different teams, being hurt for a couple of years. The 49ers, to their credit, once they signed him on November of 2016, They kept him around, and now here we are in uh, November, almost December of 2019, and he's playing. Again, they have a bunch of good running backs in San Francisco, but he's in the mix, and the guy's playing well for him. So good for him, man. I love those kinds of stories.
3: And to me, that means regarding his own psyche that – he has so much determination that he didn't slack off he kept hard at it mm-hmm. throughout the entire time even when he, after he was injured he kept going and kept practicing and kept staying in shape when he wasn't given a lot of encouragement by anybody
5: no you're right and this you know he's a good player again he's not a superstar running back but he's finally getting a chance to make some money in San Francisco with a team that looks like a Super Bowl team, uh-huh. and so he's getting his wow. ca- he's getting his reps. I mean, there's a lot of good running backs. Coleman, they have good guys there, but it's good to see him getting some playing time, and he's got a contract, and good for him because that's a guy. I mean, we see it, there's there's a lot of stories like Raheem Mostert in the NFL, but you don't hear about those no, guys.
3: I know. I mean, it's just like you you think about it. How many from from what year was he originally?
5: 2015. 2015. So he was he wasn't even drafted. So he didn't play at a big school. So he wasn't for drafted. Five
3: years. I mean, I know that he's still getting paid, even though he's on a practice. Yeah, team, but practice a squad
5: money is not good, right? No, you I'm, don't well, have a contract. Eight
3: thousand dollars a month.
5: Is that what it is? Yeah,
3: that's Dean said okay. that even on a practice squad, you're getting eight thousand dollars a month. So it's not horrible money. You're just not getting millions. But I could live on eight thousand dollars a could, month right now. I could now. live on that too. <laughs> So it's, it's still not a bad gig, but you're still in there. I mean and and Yeah, but
5: then when you finally get a, a an 8.9 million dollar oh, contract. A week,
3: $8,000 a week says Dean. On the practice squad? Oh, hell, I can Shit. do that? Shit. <laughs>
5: I'll just go I, listen, I can do as much as many of the Eagles practice <laughs> round player practice squad players do. Stand around and just uh hold a clipboard and yeah. make some money.
3: Damn. Damn.
5: Damn, it's right.
3: $8,000 a week minimum.
5: Beautiful, man.
3: Okay, well, I don't, I, I, mean, but I don't feel bad. But remember, for
5: him. you're the only lasting. What happens is, you see it. They last a week on the practice yeah. squad and then they're cut. Yeah. So it's not like they've got eight eight thousand dollars a week for a, year, for a year guaranteed. That's true.
3: That's true. They're... No,
5: he gets it for a couple of weeks and then they and then bring somebody else in and they yeah. they cut him. So it's 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 really it's really fr- when you go to all those different cities and you're just hoping for a chance mm-hmm. and then you're sitting on a practice squad for a month and you get cut and somebody else picks you up. That's really that's really paying your dues. So good for him, man. Good story. A lot of those kinds of stories in the NFL, but nobody talks about them. You know what I'm saying? When I saw him last night lining up for the Niners and getting some yards, I was like, good. I'm happy to see it because I remember when the Eagles brought him in, and he wasn't here very long. Yeah, yeah. And so not that he would – would he make a big impact on this team right now? No, they have a bunch of running backs. I think – You know, everybody's hurt. did we meet
3: him um, up at Parks Casino?
5: No, that was not. That that was was Donnell Pumphrey from the Donnell Pumphrey Hive. You you got your hives confused, Robin. Sorry. What's wrong with you? Get your hives straightened out. I
3: just remember Rahe- the name Raheem as if – No, sure that's me? Raheem Morris. Okay.
5: That's a temple guy. Come on, Robin. You got your Raheems mixed I up. I got
3: my Raheems mixed I gotta up. I knew that I met a Raheem. I got to
5: give you one of these right now.
3: I just and Raheem
5: Hi- Brock, of course, another great player.
3: So uh, we have 15 more minutes in our shortened show. Because wow, we is were that mid-
5: – we've done an hour and 45 yes. minutes of bullshit today? <laughs>
3: yes, we have. <laughs> Because we are doing a doubleheader. You will be live from the Landmark Americana in Glassboro, New Jersey. Oh, where, um, again, this will be Colin Thompson's last show before he gets shipped off to Houston for the all-team practicing for the XFL. Not getting
5: shipped off anywhere. He's not going into the military. I know, but he's, but he's going off Robin. to
3: Houston, and he's going to be there practicing Hello. for the beginning of the XFL season.
5: By the way, I have to rip. I have to rip boston i know it's not my style to criticize other cities but let's be honest philadelphia gets criticized all the time and most of it is justifiable thankfully unfortunately i should say but you know people in boston aren't exactly class acts and i'm not condemning an entire city i don't do it like the barstool dudes do who are all boston fans and then rip everybody else but I want to play this clip because Dean's on the line.
3: Yeah, it's actually kind of appropriate. You didn't even realize he was calling in. You were already ripping Boston And, Dean, fans. you
5: know, you always post videos and rip Philadelphia fans. Did you see that, uh, that hockey bish up there at the uh, Bruins game?
2: Yes. Did you see my comment on Twitter?
5: No. What did you say about it? I'm sure you liked her. She I, I was said, a...
2: I, said, I said, oh, she's a keeper. Put a ring on it.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I saw that. But, they, yeah, see, because she's actually not that, hot, not that bad. But we've got to play the tape for people who didn't see this. He's disgusting. Know, now I want people to make a final decision. You're going to denounce her. She has a point, but then she takes it too far. So it's not just douchebags at Philadelphia sporting them. Do you see those Bears games? Do you see those Bears fans fighting? It's yeah, not you know, out of control. Out of control, and they're fighting again amongst each other.
2: Right. <laughs> That's bear on bear. Couch.
5: It is. Now, a lot of the Bears I know, they usually like to wrestle, but I don't know, you know, not fighting with each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Robin? Did you get that one, Robin? The, Did you catch the it? The bears I know go after picnic baskets. Well, no, not those bears. And not the bear Chris <laughs> Felica on ESPN's uh, college game okay, day. You, you
3: want the, uh, the girl, it's the woman, the Boston Bros, right? We the dude because
5: yeah. he
2: put some food on her jacket. Okay, okay. Here's
5: how you lead into it. Boston Bish goes off on dude who got gooey food stuff on her hair and her jacket at a <laughs> hockey game. Let's go to the tape. Whatever our chick has it in her hair or on her clothes, uh, she never complains to me. I'll tell you that right now.
2: <laughs> exactly right. Wow. It's like listening to was, a female dean. Barkley, He would have
5: said, if I hit women, I'm gonna I- <laughs> hit you right now. Oh Paula. Now listen, the guy sitting down, for people who haven't seen this, is a guy sitting on the end of a row and he's got a you know, one of those cardboard boxes with all of his nachos and crap in there. Yeah and he's chowing down, and this woman walks by him and I guess gets some of the cheesy, uh, the, uh, the cheese whiz or stuff on her coat. She's carrying her coat, and so she gets some of that on her coat and then says it's in her hair and all well, this think other stuff. I it might stuff. have been the
3: other way around. If I'm just deducing, she was probably sitting down, and he walked by her. Her coat was like over the back of her chair. No, I think he stood up,
2: and she was walking by. And nailed her. Oh, okay. See, I, I didn't
5: see the beginning of the tape. All I see is a guy sitting there holding a box with foodstuffs, and I see her standing up next to him, screaming and cursing him out. And, oh, Paul, draw. I can't even do the apologize Boston accent.
3: Here, Dean. You Let's do hear that. it
5: one more time. Let's go to this one I'll more. Wait. Listen to how she carefully and, and, and elegantly oh, requests that. that her cheese whiz-filled hat and hair and coat is cleaned up. By this guy who's just sitting there watching a stinking hockey game.
0: Get a fucking napkin and wipe it off my shirt now. stupid. First, it's in my hair. That is
2: on my clothes. It's on my, <laughs> my <laughs> fucking shirt. You're gonna sit here like
0: a pussy. Apologize <laughs> like a fucking <laughs> man. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, it's over.
3: Man. Really? Yeah. Open, man. He can't stand That's up. And apologize. Okay. <laughs> apologize sounds normal. So, in my
5: no, hair,
3: in my hair.
5: <laughs> Dean, would you do that? Would, what would you do if that were you and a woman got up and got in your face like that?
2: I would have I I been acting like I was standing up to apologize, and I would have flipped the tray of food and drink all over it.
5: Oh. Now you wouldn't, Dean. Well, that's because you're one of those rowdy Boston fans who has to watch the Boston Bruins, and they're pissed off because the Blues beat him in the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, the, the Boston, <laughs> the Boston, as good as the Patriots have been, people now know that they're not winning another Super Bowl, and this is the end for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. They will not win the Tony, Super Bowl this year. They will not win the Super Bowl. going to the beat them? The Baltimore Ravens will beat them.
2: No, they will not. I can guarantee you. If they go to New England in January, they are not beating the Patriots.
5: Well, that's the one thing the Patriots have going for them because if they play at home, and obviously ten and one. They're, they're in a great spot for home field events. Yeah, did,
2: did you see the stat they put on the screen yesterday? It was the Patriots at halftime, if they have the lead in Foxborough since Tom Brady's been there, he's like 220-1.
5: No, I know. No, they're great at home. But to me, Tom Brady, as I said last week or two weeks ago, he should give his entire paycheck for the year and spread it around to his defense because no this, – this not since – not since the Chicago Bears against the Indianapolis Colts in Miami in that Super Bowl, Super Bowl what, 51, no, Super Bowl 41 in Miami when it was the Bears and the and no, no, the Bears and uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts, the Peyton Manning win down there. Has, has a about, team relied on, its, relied on its defense more than the New England Patriots?
2: Uh, no, the Baltimore Ravens with Trent Dilfer.
5: Yeah, that was good, too, yeah. But Trent Dilfer was and at then least... How
2: and how, how about the 85 Bears when they put the beat down on the Patriots? that defense? Is like, 85 Bears, is like, one of the greatest defenses no ever. No doubt.
5: But I'm sorry. But at least Jim McMahon wasn't, like, a schlub. I mean, let's be honest. Right. Rex Grossman, on that Bears team that went to the Super Bowl, had no right. business. Oh, definitely. I mean, he was, nope. he was absolutely carried to that Super Bowl. Rex Grossman, nice guy. had a nice career. But everybody and their mother knew that there's no way the Bears were going to beat the Colts in that Super Bowl. I mean, give them credit. Well, about, Their defense time, carried them. It's
2: about time the defense does carry Tom to a ring. He's gotten all them other defensive teams basically six rings.
5: And he should give three of his paychecks to Adam Venatieri, who helped him win three of those six Super Bowls.
2: Actually, his paychecks aren't that much. He actually takes pay cuts and re- re- you know, redoes them so everybody else can come play. His I mean, wife just, makes
5: more money than most of his entire team put together. Do you realize that? His wife probably makes. 600
3: mil a year by the way breaking news i just looked at yes uh, i trevor from the 203 was the one that first brought it to my attention i just checked it it is correct the nfl update is that the Bengals are benching ryan finley and they're going back to andy dalton as the starter
5: well you know hey never gonna give you up baby well it means he's healthy again the only reason they they, they i don't think they benched andy well they did yeah andy dalton was not was a healthy benching they just thought you know things suck and so he was, after, after the Rams game in week eight, he was benched. And then they said, what the hell? These guys suck. You know, these other kids can't play. Let's get Andy Dalton. Let's get the big red hat out there. Let's well, get him out there against the Jets. The
2: Redskins did, Tony. They bring in that Haskins kid. He sucks. And I don't think the Redskins had won a game, in, you know, since they brought that clown in.
5: Yeah, but they, he was a high draft pick. They were hoping to groom him. You know what, were you going to bring gonna out Case Keenum? He's not that good, but he played well yesterday, except when he got the uh, winning no, uh, field goal. He, he,
2: he, overthrew, he, uh, he overthrew his receivers all day.
5: So let me ask you this. Listen, I don't think the Redskins are very good, but here's the thing. No, they're you, not. Wh- Why would you not play him? Why, were you going to keep playing Case Keenum down there? Colt McCoy? You've got to start no, a rookie I guy.
2: Think, Tony, no, I think, no, I disagree. If you look at all the great quarterbacks, most of them sat behind and watch for a couple
5: of years. Yeah, but he, who's he going to sit around and watch? Case Keenum? Who's Man, he going to sit around could, and watch? Colt McCoy?
2: I still think it's good to just learn the system and, and, and watch learn the Learn from who? And...
5: Learn from guys who can't play?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just watch. Just watching in general, Tony, just in film and watching film and seeing the other quarterback in the team on the sideline, it's a whole different perspective. I don't know. I, I, I hate when you throw these quarterbacks right out of the gate.
5: No, I love I mean, it, man. Not too
2: many end up successful, not me.
5: I love but. it, man. I love it. You know yeah. why? If you're a big number one draft pick, you get out and play. This ain't the old days when you, got, you have good. Who are the guys in front of him that are going to teach him how to play better? Who? They don't have any. Case Keenum's a nice player. The only thing Case Keenum did yesterday was go out and, and run the last kneel-down play because Dwayne Haskins was too busy <laughs> taking a selfie with the fans and forgot he had to go back on the field and take a kneel-down to end the game.
2: That was pretty funny. And Speaking of, 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 of when games are almost over, did you see – you brought up that Yale-Harvard game.
5: Yeah, that was a joke. They were
2: actually going to cancel – after the second overtime, the referee had went to the coach because they don't have lights in that stadium. And they, they were going to cancel the game after the second overtime, but good thing Yale scored a touchdown because if they didn't, they wouldn't have won the Ivy League title. With, they, they shared it with Dartmouth. But if they didn't score a touchdown on that second OT, the refs were calling the game because of darkness, because of that 45-minute protest.
5: From all those strappers. Over they arrested 20 of them. But those morons, this is why – Again, I don't even want to get it. It's not a well, political a, thing with me. Can I me. just say
3: one thing, just really quick, about any of these protesters? Um, if you're a protester, the worst way that you can change somebody's mind is go someplace Poor that is going to like make that. it either them, either <laughs> yeah, disrupt something it, that disrupt people. Something that's right. That it's, you are going to make them. Everybody that's there that was there to watch the game or if you're protesting out on the street and you're blocking people from being able to get to work or whatever yeah. it is, you're going to get them pissed off at you and it doesn't matter what you're protesting for. They're going to associate their inconvenience with what it is you're protesting. So stop Absolutely. it.
2: You're stupid. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, listen, I'm going to get off. It was good to see you back on the air, Tony, and I'll talk to you later.
5: All right, Dean. There he is, Dean, ladies and gentlemen. He would never, ever apologize to a woman for getting a cheese whiz on her jacket and in her hair. Exactly. Yeah, you know I'm well, saying now she he would. No, he would apologize.
3: But except if somebody does it nicely. But, see, like the that.
5: thing is, I don't think the guy did it intentionally. No,
3: he didn't. It was, it was an accident. accident. It was an accident. You know, because she... these
5: people load up these pla- these cardboard boxes full of chips and all the other crap in there. That's
3: what I, I don't understand. Like, if somebody's doing it on purpose, I get you getting mad. But if somebody it's an accident, unless they keep doing it, and and you're like saying, hey. Uh, you know, be a little bit more careful.
5: It's so stupid. It
3: is okay. stupid. It it kind of goes with my other rant.
5: Do we have a Florida up? Do you have another rant? No, um, Robin no. actually let today, ladies and gentlemen, if you're keeping score at home and congratulations, it is a Monday <laughs> afternoon. Miss Robin, two rants today. I
3: did, I did. Tony
5: Bruno, zero rants today. <laughs> See, that's why this show is uh unexpected. You never know what's gonna happen next on this show. So, by the way, Eric Ebrod has been placed on the injured reserve list now with the ankle injury for your Indianapolis Colts. And now the Bengals also feel that their guard, Alex Redmond suffered a torn bicep during pregame warm-ups yesterday. So the Cincinnati Bengals are already a disaster area, the only team without a win. And now they got their, uh, their guard hurt, and now Andy Dalton's coming back to save the day. How many people in, in Cincinnati will be pissed off if Andy Dalton comes back?
3: I think there's a lot of and we,
5: No, not pissed off that he comes back. And they win a couple of games oh. and jeopardize the first overall pick.
3: Because uh, there's
5: a lot of teams in the running right now, Robin. Know. You know, you got the Giants with two wins. You got uh, who else is some of these sad sack teams? The Redskins with two wins. The Giants with two wins. There's a lot of two-win teams out there. The Dolphins. You don't want anybody messing up that number one pick, Robin. Do we have any Florida updates before we We get out of here? We do,
3: but we don't have time for it, my dear. Time to do one. No, not really, because we want to be able to have reaction, and it's just not fair to the people to throw throw a Florida story out there without them being able to comment on it.
5: They can comment it on all night. You're here to be the – you're the facilitator of Florida news. Well, We I don't have the, to break down every I, Florida story. I just, am the
3: facilitator also <laughs> of having to get everything ready and out the door for you to be able to make it to the landmark. So we will save it for tomorrow.
5: All right, let's save it. Save it for a rainy day, Yeah. In the meantime, we're going to pack up the family truckster. I'm going to post my Monday night pick, and then we're going to be back here tomorrow. Tomorrow, how many hours are we going to do tomorrow, Robin? Three hours. Yes.
3: We're going to do a full three hours tomorrow. And uh, are we going to do a show on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving? Yeah, we'll do a show
5: on Wednesday, our pre-Thanksgiving special. We've got to get the last-minute turkey tips out. Okay. And, of course, Thursday we're not working, and we're not doing any. Even though there's four or three football games on Thanksgiving Day, we will take the day off so that we can argue with our family members for at least four hours watching football games. Yes.
3: And we are going to try very, very hard not to talk. There's certain subjects you just want to stay away from.
5: No, I I don't talk politics on Thanksgiving. I usually sit there with friends, uh, family members who are Dallas Cowboy fans and then openly root against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. That's my tradition. But it's always a friendly conversation. It's not, you know, there's never any uh, yelling or screaming or threats of violence or, hey, let's go outside and settle this. We're just watching a football game. Right. Everybody else, see, you can, if you want to talk about politics with your family, go right ahead.
3: It'll be good to see Mama Bruno.
5: Exactly right.
3: Uh, in her element, as she is making sure that you are fed correctly.
5: Exactly. <laughs> That's her favorite All she's got to do is thing. look at me and see that I'm fed correctly. I'm Jesus.
3: <laughs> I know she's very happy with me. Uh, she cannot now, say well, that the I'm. The not The question now some... is,
5: will there be a Black Friday show? One thing we don't do in this household, we do not do black friday go stand outside no. and wait at best buy to get a two no, dollar tv we set do,
3: we do uh online but no there will not be a black friday show because
5: we have an important activity going on around we the have house an
3: important activity we harry had to get rid of his we is this are, breaking news yes I, we, are so excited. we are getting a sectional harry had to get rid of his sectional we are acquiring a brand new sectional, and we are very excited. It is arriving on Friday.
5: Yes, we now have actual. Se- we will have seating in our living room for more than two people.
3: Yes, and it's not. The- that's not the only thing. No, we're we doing, need though, a comfortable do- couch. Yeah, but- our because- sofa
5: was actually taken from a uh, a dumpster fire. Well, it wasn't a fire. No,
3: it wasn't a. It was actually say-
5: discarded by a, a, another person in a dockside. But it was new. People, Brands, you know, rent apartment. Like, yeah, people, you know, people rent furniture. or They buy furniture when they go into a new yeah. apartment and then they have to move quickly. And, it was and they left it outside in the, in the, in the garage.
3: Brand, brand spanking new leather sofa, but it was smaller, and we were just... Not the, a scratch on. I mean, absolutely perfect. perfect. And we, we were leaving uh, Dockside to move into here, and our big, big leather sofa, sofa that had come from California was too large, and we had to get rid of it, and we were going to buy another one, and then we're walking, we were like loading up the big, truck the moving van and right there sitting is a brand new sofa that's smaller and perfect for this house
5: boom we threw it right up on We're the like, truck hey, bam we'll
3: take it. bam <laughs> dumpster but diamond. it's time to
5: move Woo! on robin it's yes. time to move on not just from the sofa to the recliner and the sectional yes which will take up the entire living room area but should seat five comfortably so excited That's going to be on Friday. I may have to go to Montgomery County, too, on Friday.
3: Yeah, We have a lot of things to do on Friday, so we apologize. There won't be a Friday show, but there will be one tomorrow and Wednesday, and uh, then everybody will be home celebrating Thanksgiving anyway.
5: Exactly. But we'll be back tomorrow and Wednesday, so just let's take it one day at a time. You know, you just can't project five days from now. They can't even tell you what the weather is tomorrow. So let's just take it one, just like I take life. Everything is one day at a time. We're all. What are we, Robin? We're all here just.
3: To be happy. Like the
5: song
4: says.
5: Beautiful. In the meantime, don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive, even though there's signs now in New Jersey say $400 tickets if you're texting and driving. I want to see those tickets given out. I want to see people pulled over and getting fined $400 for texting and driving. Maybe they'll learn a lesson then. And don't drink and drive either. Or it's vape and drive. Or do drugs and drive. And most importantly, God bless America. It's still the greatest country on earth. We'll see you, we'll see you later on tonight. Landmark Americana, 97.3 and Twitch. Beautiful, man. A happy little mountain.